Good evening, folks. I'm back. Um, I see some Duke's discourse in the chat. We have our own to discuss here when he gets here shortly. Um, he'll be joining me here somewhat soon. I'm here to discuss professional wrestling, if anyone's into that kind of thing. Um, I know we're usually a movie uh, platform around here. Why is Twitch? Twitch seems alarmed. Um, we're usually a, a movie platform around here. But uh, I did think it would be fun, seeing as, you know, we have so many common interests, if anyone here was into professional wrestling. Um, if so, maybe we could talk about it a little bit here on The Late Night Green, uh, famously a horror movie platform. So that's what I'm here to do. I don't know um, what football is on, uh, nor do I really care, but, you know, I'm aware that a lot of you watch that, that thing. So, uh, you know, maybe that'll be maybe that'll be going. I don't know. Um, I don't know what everyone wants to talk about. Um, so basically, he just stole my bit. But uh, yes, so basically, I think Randy the Ram had a great performance. I was gonna, I was gonna pivot there eventually. I was gonna wait till Duke's got here, and I was gonna be like, "So what did you think of it?" He'd be like, "What?" And I was gonna, you know, oh, I'm sure it's fine. Um, all how I see some all hows in the chat. So one of the things I wanted to do here is put. All File in one second, folks. Let me. I've got a. There's much space here, you know. Lots of preparation for my big trip, and I do that about as as. Uh, well, I do that about as kind of smoothly as I do a lot of this stuff in terms of the organisation factor, you know. It's, it's not my not my greatest strength, it must be said. But um, so bear with me. Um. Went to a World Wrestling Federation house show this evening in the UK. Oh, they're in the UK? What's the, uh, what's the, what's the, what was the show? Was it Raw? Was it SmackDown? Can you tell me some more? But I didn't even know they were here. I assume they wasn't doing the full tour with, um, with the Clash just gone. SmackDown in Glasgow. My God. Well, all how? Hope it was a good time, brother. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the house shows, so I hope you had fun. Uh, who's going to States? It's just me and my brother. We are headed out on Tuesday night, literally leaving at like 4, I think, 4 in the morning, 4 a.m. here. So about two hours after we're done with Green Grab, I'll be heading out. And uh, I'm looking forward to it slash very anxious about it because I'm not a huge, um, you know, some people are natural uh, natural fits in the, you know, you know, you know, sort of a holiday on traveling or love seeing things, very adventurous. Uh, it'll be a surprise to none of you that I am not one of those people. So slightly anxious about the whole thing, quite frankly, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, again, Dukes, we'll discuss. He is famously a piece of shit. Um, um, I enjoyed it. My partner is used to AEW, so a 20-minute match based on the Braun hot tag was a struggle for him. Well, yeah. I mean, that'd be a struggle just sort of generally. Um, Braun, though, does do the thing where he throws his arms up in the air and says Braun. So, win some, you lose some. SmackDown's probably an interesting courtesy. Ah, Imperium. Was it Imperium and Bloodline? Was that what you got tonight? Because uh, that would be... That'd be pretty fucking cool, I'd imagine. I mean, I know Bloodline is kind of like his, you know. When, it's, when I say that, it sounds like Roman, but even still, I'm a big solo guy, a big Sami Zayn guy, obviously. So, 
Is that what you got? Does that, does that look like a good time? Um, so one of the things I wanted to do here was I wanted to do some sort of broad strokes talk about the year of 2022 thus far, as you see in the chat. Uh, Imperium Brutes opener. Okay, there you go. I swear I saw that announced somewhere. It must be for every show. But Imperium Brutes opener sounds awesome. And then you've got Samuel Usos versus Braun um, and New Day main event. I mean, that's, that still sounds like a good time. I I uh, was looking at their, their dates next year because I saw they announced those and I was like vaguely interested. But I think they, I don't think they're running London, which makes you think they're going to do a pay-per-view of some kind. Um, hello, England Joe. <laughs> hello, American JJ. Hope you're well. All hell, don't have an app. Reese says, I think the big man should adopt Braun's tendencies and shout, Mike, when he's about to go for a comeback, is of course... A reference to our many Grinalongs. We just concluded our Grinalong series tonight with uh, with Bobby, myself and Bobby watching Halloween, which was a good time. Uh, don't have an out as declared the fleet dead. Seven minutes into the stream, which is a little aggressive. Evening Bill. Uh, Shinsuke and Volta stole the, was the highlight. Well, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Let's talk a little bit about Shinsuke, in fact, while we're... Uh, Getting ready, getting going here. And again, folks, I don't know how long they'll be or what this show's going to look like. We're just going to kind of talk over loose outline saying what I want to do. Dukes will be here eventually. Um, let's talk about the Shinsuke for a minute. I think that's a really fucking cool deal, right? I mean, I saw that I, when I saw the video, I, I, it kind of gave me goosebumps, honestly. It, um, I was pretty fired up. I mean, it's obviously, in terms of matches, there's going to be a million matches that are more kind of physically impressive to you but that's not really the point as it was a spectacle and as an event that is really i think going to get people's attention um shinsuke back in that setting Muta, like this that's that's a magical thing um and i you know shinsuke is obviously going to work as hard as he possibly can to make the most of that moment i personally and i could be wrong it could be like this could age badly i don't know i don't personally think it's indicative of anything big i think it's very simple actually i think you know, Muta's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame next year, um, which he should be, obviously. Even in their little universe, the WCW run, like, he's an obvious candidate to go in. So I think it's a very simple deal in the same way that, like, you know, they did business with Liger or they did business with... Um, even a better example would be when they had Kenta work Noah um, in 2017, maybe, when he was still in NXT. And, like... I saw someone today said, well, yeah, Shinsuke is different because he's a main roster star, but it's like, it isn't as though Shin is kind of this like <laughs> fresh commodity on the main roster. Like he's so, he's been around for so long now. Like it, it feels, it don't feel like that shocking of a deal to me, honestly. Um, that's not me understanding what it is. It's, a, it's an awesome thing and I'm going to watch it. I just don't think it's like this, you know, this in this groundbreaking indication of a, of a shift in the industry. Like, I think it's actually just the, the logical thing to do when you're talking about a legend of that status and that caliber. Shinsuke is a guy who they obviously trust and is part of the family. Um, so I don't mean it's a big deal in a sort of political sense, but I think it's a very, very cool thing. I will say, I think it would be very nice if this new regime for WWE meant that we could kind of not, as cool as it is to be surprised, I think it's it would be a good thing for us to get to a point where we're not like flabbergasted at something like this. And what I mean by that is one of the greatest wrestlers ever is retiring. 
And quite frankly, he should get he should be able to wrestle whoever the fuck he wants on his retirement tour. And I don't need every company to share every wrestler. You need, you know, promotions to have their own guys, otherwise it's worse for the wrestlers. However, I think this is a very easy thing to pull off that we would, like, ideally you would see this thing to become kind of a regular. Now, this is a unique circumstance, this move, but, like, you know, there's general examples of this. Um, an even more hilarious one, to just for the sake of conversation. An even more hilarious one was when they did the Cena show and they had Brian send in a video and, uh, you know, whoever else, Paul White, Jericho. And it was like, oh, my God. And it's like, we've wrestling has got to be above that being surprising. Well, in the same way, I think it shouldn't really be that surprising that Shinsuke Nakamura can go back and work one match with Keiji Muto, one of the greatest wrestlers to ever live on his retirement tour. Like, I don't know, man. I think that'd be a nice thing, you know, like we should be able to knock these walls down sometimes and these barriers and actually fucking do what people want. I think it's important for wrestling that we get beyond that. Wrestling is such a niche thing anyway. The idea of like starving people of these opportunities and these moments is so lame to me. So I'm glad that logic prevailed and that Shin is going to get in the match. It's going to be a cool deal, obviously. I don't think, again, I think it's anything kind of a working relationship. It would be certainly interesting if it was, but I don't think so. I'd be pretty surprised if it was. I think it's just a one-off deal. And, hey, a really cool deal with that. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly going to watch it. Shinsuke, back in that setting, is going to be very, very special. And Mover, obviously, goes with Sam. So cool deal. I'm excited for it. Um, uh, do you think it will cause other companies to try their luck and see if others will be allowed? Um, I think those conversations always go on whether they get reported or not, honestly. I don't think there'll be many that get cleared because, again, Keiji Muto is a very unique example. He's someone who is, like, just sort of universally respected um, and is kind of above, has enough power in terms of his stats in the industry to be above, like, the politics of wrestling. So I wouldn't expect it to change anything else. I think it's, honestly, it's more likely to be the answer to like a trivia question and, and a novelty than it is to be the start of a trend. I just think broadly people could learn from how excited everyone is by this. I mean, if you saw the Noah Twitter thing, um, there was like genuine excitement and hype. Man. It was like people were fired up. I think mean, there's a lesson in that to me. Like, you know, I'm not look. I'm not here to dismiss what Paris and is doing as a business. I'm not actually that educated on their current form in terms of ticket sales and stuff like that. But online, this was like a fucking transformative thing for them. I mean, it went insane on social media, and it's like there's there's something to be said for that, guys. Like <laughs> sometimes when you get over our own way and and make things happen that fans want to see. So I'm glad that's what they're doing here, basically. Um. Yeah, it would be interesting. This is the other thing, right? Like, it's, there's obviously levels to it. You don't have, you know, a top guy go and get beat elsewhere. But, like, someone like Shinsuke, of course, something like that. Um, I thought they, they take SmackDown. Yeah, I didn't see the uh, I didn't see the SmackDown gimmick. I saw the only wrestling I saw was I saw the sequel to the show we watched on Thursday night, you know, the Halloween deal. Um, I watched that. Which was good. The atmosphere was limiting, though. I mean, it was really unfortunate, actually. The main event of the New Japan show, um, which was Eddie and Okada versus Juice 
Robinson and Jay White, I actually thought was really well wrestled and had like the cause the sort of outline and structure of um like a great match, honestly. I thought it was really, really strong. Unfortunately, um the audience was just like there weren't much there in terms of crowd investment, which was a shame. I mean, they chanted for Eddie and they were into it, but like it was not it didn't have the kind of heat there needed to be a special classic match. It was still damn good. I mean, the wrestling in it was tremendous. Eddie Kingston and Jay Wyatt is just absolute money. Um, I, it's going to be hard because it really is something that works better in America. But in terms of the pairing, it makes more sense for him to go to Eddie to go to Japan, which I don't think it works nearly as well there. But the pairing is just perfect. I mean, you've got two guys who talk shit, but in a very, very different way. I mean, Jay is always in control and kind of calculated. Even when he loses his mind, he sounds like he's got some sort of evil plan. And Eddie Kingston is this sort of, um, you know, <laughs> like a ticking time bomb. He's just all passion and, and anger and aggression. So they're just a wonderful fit. They look a complete contrast physically. Um, they both sell and have a really special understanding of, like, placement. I don't know. I, I just love watching them going in there and fucking doing the dance, man. I'd love to see them do a singles match. I thought that was great together. Juice looked really good in that match too. Okada was in it. He's, you know, not going to go crazy in front of 500 people in New York. Um, but yeah, man, there was a chemistry between Jay and Eddie and it isn't saying that I'm breaking any news on because you can tell they're into it because they basically shot their own angle with that stuff. I mean, you know, Monty was telling me Jay White was bringing up Eddie in like interviews last week and kind of basically working their own angle because it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting one. Um, again, I don't really know how you explore it beyond this, unfortunately, because, you know, I guess Jay could defend the IWGP title in America, but, like, it doesn't seem likely to me. Um, maybe once he drops the belt in January, you can kind of come up with something for the States, but I love their pairing. Eddie was fucking awesome in that match. He had this great moment, for those who didn't see it, where he was, like, he fought off both heels. And it was excellent and epic. And again, I just wish it had a bigger crowd and a kind of hot crowd. It was really, really well wrestled. Um, Suzuki and uh, Clark Connors was really good. Clark is a really interesting like prospect. He's definitely leveled up in the last... I think he got hurt at some point. It was around that time. Um, there's something there. He hasn't like he hasn't clicked fully. Like there's still sort of like this sort of outline for him. It's not like a, you know he, he hasn't got that actor. It's like it's nailed it. But there's definitely something there. Um, he's really really strong. He was very impressive in that match. So yeah, that was good. Uh, I'm trying to think what else was on there. I don't know. I forget. But um, oh yeah, House of Glory. I, can't, I had to talk with Dukes, but I didn't see any talk about that show. I forgot about. It. Oh, my God, they definitely run buyers off for the last one because I didn't see any tweets about it or anything. <laughs> um, yeah, the Juice Moxley thing. So, I didn't think Juice had a great performance against Moxley. I wasn't as low on it as some were. Um, it was just kind of flat, and the crowd had no interest in Juice at all. I don't really think they need to, you know, they don't need to sign anyone. I wouldn't, personally, if it was my decision, I really don't know what I would have for Juice to want to sign him on that roster. This is just me. Juice is good, though. He's a good promo, especially. So he can get over and he can be a player for you in like a, you know, sort of upper mid-card, mid-card. I just, my question would be, is he, is that something you need? I don't know. It's not not for me to say. I will see what he does on TV. But I wasn't surprised he got signed, 
Juice is really popular with his peers, and I think there's a general feeling that he's kind of, you know, after the run he's had in New Japan, it's sort of well-deserved. He gets a US TV run. Whether he can make it work or not, we'll find out. I think he'll be okay. Um, the key will be if his promos can kind of click, and he's really capable of great promos, but they need to find the right setting for him. The one that he did on Road 2 was not his finest work, uh, to say the least, so I'll let it play out. But he's, he's a very, very talented guy. It's just a matter of positioning correctly. I, I'd assume, personally, I would be looking to find some sort of, like, you know, act being like honestly, I would be very interested in trying to find him a partner because as a singles, I've got enough guys to worry about. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, Jay's in New York the week before full gear. I'm not sure the current full New Japan tours though. Interesting. So good getting to see King wrestle in general, but he and Jeff some good chemistry. Absolutely, definitely need to see King wrestle on TV again, man. That's, that's that was one that really jumped the page watching him on the uh, New Japan show. It's been too long. Um, I saw the Alex Coleman interview yes, or promo. Do you think Tony was worried Triple Paul was interested in Juice? Um, I mean, he was definitely interested in Juice because they're interested in everyone that can, you know, take flatbacks. This point, both of them. It's outrageous, quite frankly. Uh, but I don't know if he's worried. I just – I don't think Juice really was going to go back there, quite frankly. And I know that sounds dumb because everyone goes back, but, like, I don't think that was Juice's vibe uh, in WWE, and I think with Tony and AEW, it was an easy choice. But I'd absolutely believe they reached out. They're reaching out to everyone. Like, there was an episode of Burt way when this all happened where I was like, it's going to be very different, and there was some pushback, and, like, this is where we're at, man. Like, if you're a free agent, you can't get signed right now, then fuck. It's, it's rough. I don't want to be dismissive of individuals because I'm happy for everyone who got a gig and God bless them. They ain't hurting me. Good luck to them. But some of this stuff is nuts. I mean, I'm with all due respect to Emma, to Neil Dashwood, who quite honestly deserves a contract for her work previously and she got completely you know just like completely mistreated mistreated misused the first time so she deserves the money good luck to her with that being said her being back for an open challenge spot in 2022 is fucking insane <laughs> like absolutely nuts insane unfathomable to me because i know everyone does the thing about like oh she had the good match with um, with Asuka, and she did. The match was really good. But it's like, oh, I've seen Tennille Dashwood in the last five years. Like, she's just, she's not done anything. Like, she's just, she's on, she's on, she's kind of living on past glories that most of the audience doesn't even remember. It's just insane to me. And it's not, again, it's not personal. Good for her, but like, I don't know, man. It's a crazy, crazy time. Like, the idea that Triple H looks at NXT and is so unconfident in that squad that he's like, yeah, we need to bring back Emma. Who, again, I feel bad, but Emma, like, fuck it. Any of these people, man. The good brothers, if you want. Like, whoever. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to me. Like, you got to move forward at some point. And, again, this is not a WWE anything. There's people at AEW sign that we've all thrown our hands and said, I don't get it. It's just, it's a really interesting time. Because it does feel like anyone with any notoriety whatsoever is going to be on TV again soon for one of the big two. I mean, I read somewhere today, um, 
Yeah, I, to be clear, I actually the Good Brothers is a totally different situation. I was just trying to be polite because I know everyone <laughs> knows I like those guys. So I was just trying to be fair. I actually think it's very different because, it's like, you could easily say, well, the Good Brothers didn't have any good work and impact either, but it's like they're a lot more, you know, their run was much more of a real thing than Emma's. With all due respect, it's not, you know, not her fault. She just didn't get to do anything there. Not her fault. Hold on a second. My connection's being bad. Bear with me, folks. I know what's wrong with the internet. Can you still hear me? I know that I'm very grainy. Hold up. My God, what's wrong with this thing? Hold the phone, folks. Okay. Am I clearing up? Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Emma. Yeah. She's an open challenge, man. It's insane. I don't know. Chelsea Green, that was it. I read somewhere Chelsea Green was coming back, and it's like Chelsea Green is a fine characterist, and there's probably something she can do on TV, but like, is there not someone in your developmental that can do the exact same thing you're going to do with her, which is probably have her being like a mean girl heel team? I don't know. Yes, the Oscar match was really good. I'm not trying to dismiss that. I'm just like, God, it was seven years ago. Um, I think the age of some NXT people is the concern. Burning out 20-year-olds by the time they're 25. is good enough to be on the main roster, but first match she gets pinned and the complaints she's being buried start. Oh, yeah, I think Roxanne's probably one you want to be patient with, but, like, there has to be someone in the middle. Maybe there's not. I don't know. Um, Joseph, I wasn't in the chat for the Royal Grinnell. Did you legit like Carl Finn? I thought it was excellent. Yeah, I was really, really good. Um, hot crowd, really well-wrestled TV match. I like that Cole took um, took Finn's leg for the for the shine. I wish Finn had done something similar for the heat. It was a little bit bland to me where he didn't control. Um, timing was really good. Crowd was hot. They were really into Cole. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, great finish too with the uh, Gallows deal and, and Rhea. So I thought it was really good, but I don't know. I think he got, he got like a decent round. I think Dave rated it, so he didn't think it was all that good, but I thought it was really good. Yeah, like this is here's a good example. Kaylee Rand's right. Like, I just – and it's hard because, again, I'm not – I don't want to, like, analyze signings. Like, sign who you want. Depending on how you use them, it'll be a good or bad signing. I don't know. It's just generally, beyond just Emma, I'm intrigued by what Triple H is doing from a sort of big-picture point of view. A good example would be this. Again, I'll, oh, this is one that's easy to work because I, I think everyone knows I like this person a lot, so I'm not saying it's sort of a bias against them. I think Nikki Cross is great. I think she's awesome. I think she's very valuable. She's someone who would absolutely repackage and re and position in a way where I can use her, you know, in saying that she's she's valuable. In. But, like, you can't just close raw with her because some of us remember she was crazy in NXT and liked that run. But you can't, you have to see the forest for the trees sometimes. You know what I mean? I mean, both A shows this week, one closed with Nikki standing tall. The other one closed with W. Morrissey and the Gun Club and Ethan Page standing tall. You know, you got you to gotta choose your heels to die on, brothers. That's what I'm saying. It's great that some of us are very much aware of these people, but you got to, like, do some of the middle work sometimes. But I don't know. What do I know? Um... Fallon Henley is good. Yeah, she worked dark a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm aware. 
28, Toxic Attraction. Yeah, there's, there's definitely names. And again, Chelsea Green's a good talent. Emma was certainly very good at one point. I don't know if she still is. I genuinely don't know. Um, but I just think, on a whole, I think there are some concerning signs. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, Fed dead. That doesn't mean Fleet fucked. I just think it would be, you know, a good idea to kind of focus on some sort of big ideas, you know. It's great to do little things. It's great to have, you know, this make sure this thing matters more, this person matters more, this this repackage this person, this represent this person. It's great. But I would ask what is the most interesting thing on all of the shows? And I'm I'm interested, like seriously. So Dynamite. MJF is the most interesting thing on Dynamite. With that in mind, was it necessary to do the angle on Wednesday? It might be. We don't know. Not a criticism. It's just asking a question. We'll find out in about a week or two and we'll see. What is the most interesting thing on Raw? Chat, feel free to answer because I'm not saying there's no answer or wrong answer. I'm genuinely interested in what you guys think because I don't watch it closely. So like my guess would be it would be legitimately my guess would be I haven't got a guess. What, what? <laughs> What's the most interesting thing on Raw, folks? I'm intrigued. Because to be clear, AEW's got, I think they've got a top two. I think they've got Max and the Jericho, I think, which your mileage may vary. So it's not like they've got, like, you know, fucking all these great arcs. Some of the stories on AEW TV are very weak, but I'm just intrigued what people that watch Raw more than me think. I'm intrigued. <clears throat> SmackDown has clearly got an answer. SmackDown has got the hottest thing in wrestling. I mean, I think that's objectively the case. I, you know, the Bloodline Act can be sort of divisive, but I think it's objectively a home run at this point. I mean, you can argue with what they're doing there. Um, context is important here. I think there's a truth for the Triple H's mark for his NXT star, but he's also very serious about women's wrestling. He's working with a main roster of about four big stars right now. You need depth, you need numbers. Um... Crazy Nikki and Emma seem flat now down the line when Becky, Sasha, etc. come back. That's a way stronger vision they've ever had. I, I don't disagree with that. But I would ask, is there not a way to bring both those characters back as young Duke steps into the studio that is more gradual and beneficial than just throwing them in the deep end? Because while that's good for your TV now, does that set them in good, you know, does that give them a good chance to succeed? I mean, I didn't think the Nikki thing got over it well. It doesn't mean it's a failure. I just, I don't know if it's the best way to represent her. Very few of the audience will even remember that was a thing she did. So, I don't know. And again, it's not that it sucks. I just, I think there are some concerning signs for me personally. But I'm just one guy. Here's two guys. Well, hold on. Here he is. Hello, young Dukes. Hello. Have you heard about Fed dead? I have. I heard so, everything's dead. I heard wrestling's dead. Well, it, sometimes it comes across that way, you know. It's the, uh, it's the, it's the sort of the issue of being, you know, a uh, wrestling conversational content maker, you know. Yeah. Like, are you wearing a CM Punk shirt? Yeah, I found it. I couldn't find it the other that other stream that's, room. I went and looked for it. That's pretty problematic, Dukes. Yeah, that's okay. You just pulling a criminal on the show. Mm hmm. Did you intend for it to be a political statement? Yes. 100%. Well, fair enough. Um, Dukes, what's your favorite film, Raw? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know who's on Raw. Is Bobby Lashley on Raw? I don't know. I 
I don't. Well, I want to be clear before we do what we're going to do here, Dukes. I don't watch show closes. I'm not saying it's bad. I just have some concerns, you know, generally about about triple pull. Uh, anyone that's listened to me for a long time knows that this is not new. <laughs> I have many concerns about Triple H and his instincts. I think he's done a good job. I just think there is some there's some slightly questionable things. Anyway, how you doing, kid? I'm good. I'm tired. You sure? Yeah. Very tired. Just returned from work. Who did yeah. you wrestle tonight? Uh, you'll find out. Wow. Tape TV. Yeah. My God. Well, I respect it. Okay, here's what we're going to do tonight, folks. We're going to have some fun, believe it or not. We're going to talk about 2022 thus far. We have two months left. So we are close, you know, we're about a month away from award season here where everyone gets to do their articles about top 10s, top 20s, top 30s, top 50s, you know the deal. So I wanted to kind of get ourselves a nice position here. This is going to be myself, Dukes, and you in the chat. So here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to ask a question. We're going to again bounce around. We're going to find some candidates for each category. And we're going to just kind of talk about the year as it has been thus far. Um, it has been a very interesting year. It was this year that Cody Rhodes left AEW. That was this year. Um, it was this year that CM Punk uh, concluded his feud with Maxwell Jacob Friedman, won the World's Heavyweight title, got injured, yeah. returned, mm-hmm. lost the unification match in three minutes, Mm-hmm. returned, won mm-hmm. the world's heavyweight title, called everyone dumb, got into a fist fight, got injured, and vacated the world's heavyweight title. Yes. That was this year. Um, yeah. Ring of Honor was bought by All Elite Wrestling. True. That was this year. Uh, um, what else happened? Did anything good happen? There was some good stuff, right? John Moxley was good. The Blackpool Combat Club happened this year. Yeah, that's true. Um, Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door. That was that was June. Yeah, oh. I watched it last night. Vince McMahon was toppled. Oh, yeah, <laughs> vaguely, <laughs> vaguely recall that. Takeshita became the hottest wrestler in the states. Um, Claudio Castagnoli won the big one. Chris Jericho became the Ring of Honor champion. <laughs> I was there. Uh, low key, try to fight someone at WrestleMania weekend. Yes. The FTR were fucking having classics. The Young Bucks got arrested. Kenny mm-hmm. Omega saved the dog. True. Yeah, good year. So, um, firstly, before we do any of that, how was House of Glory? A lot of fun. I was expecting uh, the rest of the show to kind of be like, eh, but it wasn't actually too long. It was only like five, six matches. Mm-hmm. It was good. Loki How, and Shingo uh, beat the fuck out of each other. It was awesome. Did Key do a job? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Respect. He didn't wear the Hitman gear either. What do you wear, tights? Just like blue, like trunks. <laughs> he wore shooter trunks. Yeah. All right. Dude, he's like jacked. Oh, yeah. He could kick the shit out of you, bro. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't say you... well, he, he, he was like, we were like right next to the entrance, and he was like coming out, walking towards us, and my dad like opened his mouth, and I fucking hit him. I was like, no. <laughs> Good. Yeah, don't say anything. Okay, Good call. Yeah, how, how long did him and Shingo go? Did they put some time in, or did they just sort of uh, sprint? Big lad. They were the main event, actually, which is the best. Which is yeah. Wow. It was pretty. It was like, I'd probably say like 15, 20 minutes. How long did Briscoe's and Aussie Open go? How good was it? Probably like twenty five. It was really fucking good. 
Yeah. It's unfortunate. I didn't see any talk about it, so I don't know. I haven't seen any like reviews of it. I'm sure it was. I mean, the Briscoes don't take it easy. They're fucking animals. No. You know? Yeah, they're crazy. And obviously, Aussie Open are new enough to every match they go through. So, well, I'm glad you had fun. Seems like it was a better show than last time. Much, yeah. Much better. Wow. Are you a loyalist now? Are you a House of Glory stan? No, but they announced the next show. They just put the date on the screen, and then it went black, and then it just said Kenta, and Kenta's going to be at the next show. Oh, yeah. shoot. So I, I have to Shoe's fucking go travel. Now. I have to Shoe, fucking go now. Shoe's got to do a trip to, to the States, <laughs> for, to, for the States <laughs> to New York for this. <laughs> I just consider Ohio not to be America. <laughs> All right, cool. That sounds awesome. Um our, our British friend confirmed she was gonna have to head over. <laughs> Kenta, man, I hear he's pretty good. Yeah, he's been, he's okay. Have All you right. ever seen his match with Zack Saber Jr. from the G One? I have. I, I actually know a guy. I know a guy wrote a review of it. Is it sort of, no, no, no. The chubby British guy on Wrestle Pure. You know the one on that worldwide show. The one who looks a bit like Corden. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a little annoying, but he does some good stuff. He's okay. All right. He left Samoa. He left the TNA run out of a Samoa Joe article once. No fucking way. Who would do that? That's when he, he became left relevant. The TNA run. It was his big run. He was there for ten years. I know. It's fucking journalists. That's why we're the, you know the rival media, rival firm, wrestling media. Yeah. yeah, can't be trusted. Um, all right, twenty twenty two. Who is the professional wrestler of the year as of October thirtieth, twenty? 22. Chat, you give your answer, Dukes. I think we know where we're all going to go on this, but for the sake yeah. of conversation, lock it in, brother. Who's your pick right now? John Moxley. Okay, John Moxley is on the board. I think this is going to be the consensus pick. I think he's kind of got it wrapped up, especially because he wrestles on TV every week, so there's no chance of him letting it slip. <laughs> yeah. The chat, as you can see there, is unanimous. I've not seen There's literally not one pick for anyone but John Moxley. Yeah. So I think we all agree that in two months' time, John Moxley will be crowned the, the professional wrestler of the year. There is some Sami Zayn love that has appeared. Fair. Sami Zayn definitely deserves some kind of award. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's wrestler of the year necessarily because I don't know what how many matches mean, there yeah. are. Yeah, he's just just like he's, grinner. He, he's a grin, you know? Oh, yeah. That segment on Friday was something else, man. I, well, I Jason, yeah, that was very good. Jason is coming with, with Billy Oz, famous brav, Will Ospreay, Fair. who is certainly going to get some votes, I think. Um, had a big year in terms of match quality. So, okay, Moxley is the pick. Now, here's what I want to do to kind of give some range to this. And, chat, you're going to have to help us here because Dukes and I don't watch professional wrestling. True. WWE Wrestler of the Year. Just so we can kind of get an idea of the space, you know, the scene. So if we have Moxley as the wrestler of the year, and they say that's, that's obviously the AEW representation. Um, representation. WWE, who's their best wrestler of 2022? Chat. Give me your answers. Dukes, I know you don't watch closely, but who would be your, like, instinctual response? Probably oh, Cody. Cody? <laughs> That's <laughs> Bro, Honestly, he was actually, like, a contender before he went he down. He had a really good run. Yeah, he was having a great year because the, the, the semi-matches, you know? Fucking rules. Mm-hmm. And he started the year with the, with the semi-match, so he had, like, a... Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. He had three great matches. He had a genuine case until he went down. It's a shame. Sheamus is getting love. Bobby Lash is getting love. Seth... Bianca. Um, hmm. I'm intrigued. There's a few different picks here. I. Hmm. 
Sheamus is really interesting. Carl's a good candidate, yeah. Sheamus is really interesting because I would be intrigued how deep he's like, how deep his catalog is, you know? Yeah. Like, I've seen the Gunter stuff. I wasn't really watching him closely before that this year. So, let me pull up his, uh, you know, cage match, Dix, you heard about it? No. Oh, good. It's for nerds. Sounds fake. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Uh, I'm looking here. Here is his year. I'm looking at ratings. Good lord. Do you know the Royal Rumble this year got a 1.91? <laughs> Holy fuck. That was Bob. Yeah, it might have been. So, he had a couple matches with Ricochet that seemed to be pretty good. He had a match with Drew that people liked. And then you get to the goodness stuff. It's just, I don't know. If it's I don't know. I don't know if he's deep enough. Might be um, uh, Ray Junior. What's the best matches of Ray Junior's year, Kiwi? Because I want to give it to Ray, but I don't. I don't know if we can. Gunter. When did Gunter leave NXT? When we... Gunter. He's he's an interesting one because he's actually. I mean, let's be honest. We all thought he was fucked when he went up to the main yeah. roster. <laughs> Called him Gunter. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking owned. Um. I'm looking here. People like the match with Braun. They like the match with Roddy, with Shinsuke. Hmm. Gunter's interesting. Julius Seth freaking Rollins is uh, disqualified. Yeah, true. I'm not going to comment on why. Legal reasons. He loses all the time. Fucking good point, man. The Eddie Kingston of WWE. <laughs> <laughs> um... Seth freaking Rollins is disqualified. Bianca Belair. <laughs> yeah. Well, hold on. Now that's we're. Good, actually. That's actually pretty fucking good because Bianca had. She had two. Match. Yeah, she had two with Becky that were really strong. She had the triple threat with Asuka. She had the trios match in All Japan with Alexa and Asuka on her <laughs> team. She had um, uh, the Bailey ladder match. I didn't love, but it was still good. She had some decent ones with EO. Hmm. I'm talking myself into this here, Duke. So where do you stand on this Bianca Blair business? I've only seen the Becky matches. Mm-hmm. But I really like them, especially the WrestleMania one. So I'm Okay. Crazy. I'm chat. I'm willing to pencil in Bianca Blair. Is there any objections to this in the chat? Please speak now, forever hold your peace. Up next is your uh, sweet spot, Duke. We're gonna talk New Japan up next. There you go. I know you're a big fan of that photo of the guy, you know, Nakanishi when he's like this. You can Photoshop Kosherko's face onto it. I did not. <laughs> but I can't. I still haven't got over the fact that on the grin on Thursday, we did the Jericho bit, which we've done a lot about, you know, he's like the toughest man in the world. Like, he called, like every Chris Jericho story is him just being like the coolest, most awesome fucking badass backstage. Yeah. And like we were doing it. And then an hour after the show, there was just a new version of the story. <laughs> And, like, to be clear, I absolutely believe it's true. Like, I have no doubt it's true. But, like, it's just funny the way these stories always, like, appear with Chris. <laughs> it just rules. I wonder where they come from. The MVP one will never be top, bro. Right? When he was yeah. like, I don't argue with Jarvis. And, like, Dave, <laughs> Dave was like, MVP was yelling and screaming while Chris had this witty standoff. <laughs> it was fucking amazing, man. All right. This put Bianca Valerian here as the World Wrestling Federation representative. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb, chat, Dukes, and say that Osprey is the New Japan League leader. 
anyone in the chat has any conflict with that, please speak now because I'm thinking about this here genuinely. He's New Japan. Well, obviously, everyone that fucking, you know, the top guys in New Japan, they compile their four and a half star matches easily. But with the AEW stuff on top of it, Osprey just feels like a natural yeah. fit. I just watched the Orange Cassidy match last night again. It's a great awesome, match. Awesome. Yeah. So and, and as good as Orange is, that is an incredible fucking Osprey performance. He's amazing in that match. You got that match. You got all of the stuff he did with Aussie Open and AEW. You got the Dax Harwood match on Dynamite that kicked ass. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like Osprey is kind of the obvious New Japan selection. Um, again, chat, is there any other names for our, from our way? We may or may not be familiar with their year. But for right now, we've got John Moxley. The order would probably go Moxley, Osprey, Bianca Belair. If we had to have someone from each territory, you know? All right. Now. Now we have some wild cards. We have some people that have not worked in any of these promotions. Is there anyone we can muster? I've seen it in the chat. Speedball has got to be in there, right? He's got to give skits. Oh, yeah. He's had a great year. How much Speedball have you watched generally, Duke? Because I'm intrigued. I've seen, I saw the Mocked match, mm-hmm. the Takeshka match. Oh, yeah. Which is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I saw one from Impact. I forget who he wrestled, but. He's had some good ones in Impact. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's a shame that, unfortunately, it feels like that's, the, that's the part of his game people seem to see the, le- you know, the least of, which is kind of bizarre. Wow. Um, <laughs> but he's got to be on here. He's had a big-time year in terms of, like, he, what he's meant for his career. Um, I'm really intrigued what comes of Speedball as a professional wrestling star. Clearly, he's a great fit. For what he is right now, I'm fascinated by what he looks like on like. I mean, AEW TV, I can kind of see it. The only problem with that is they have so many guys. WWE one is like, he may be the wrestler I can least imagine on their TV of guys that are good, you know? Yeah. Like, what the fuck does that look like, man? Like, you know, and then you kind of wonder where, do, where does he, where, you know, how does his career go? Where does he go? They may not want to do any of that stuff. Maybe, maybe AEW is the fear. I don't know. It's just they have a lot of guys. Like, it's interesting. I don't know. Speedball will be a, a kind of intriguing story moving forward. But he's had an excellent year, so as I mentioned. You mentioned another name, Jack brought up too. Mm-hmm. Takeshita. Yeah. Um, it goes without saying, right? I think, you know, he may be the wrestler who has increased his stock the most in 2022. Yeah. For those that knew, they, you know, were they were speaking of him, there were some folks that, that was kind of not into his um, work as like DDT's ace, but he was generally, you know, sort of, uh, revered by people that had seen him, but for those of us that were unfamiliar, my god, what a year he's had! What's been your impression of Takeshita throughout 2022, Dukes? You just you can tell from like the second you see him that he like just gets it, fucking mm-hmm. the way he hits the ropes. Yeah, he's a beast. He is. He's very unique physically, right? He can he can do some spectacular things while doing things that really they aren't spectacular in terms of the concept. It's the way he does them. He can. Mm-hmm. You mentioned hitting the ropes. He's big yeah. clothesline. He does oh, like yeah. he's. He's spectacular. Um, he's almost certainly going to be a guy you see in AEW a lot. So I think he needs to be on here. Um, so we've got Moxley, Osprey, Bianca, and Takeshka. Now let's double up a little bit. Who would be your second name from AEW? So you've got a couple candidates would be Jericho, Dax. Um, Hangman had a really good first half. He did, yeah. It's not his fault. He just didn't get booked a lot. Yeah. I think... Who am I forgetting? There's someone else in AEW that people want like, even love to. But he missed, missed a lot of time, yeah. yeah. And also, he doesn't wrestle a lot, you know? Yeah. But the no, man, he, he did have fucking yeah. 
Oh, he's great at what he yeah. does. He's, you know, it's not even a criticism, right? It's just some wrestlers aren't, they aren't built for that prize necessarily. Dragon has had a fucking sleeper year. I can't believe we got, we got robbed of him and fucking blood and guts. I know, yeah, it's a shame. That does fucking suck, man. Yeah, you're right. Um, Dragon's in, like, he's, his match catalog kind of rules, but it feels like yeah. he's been in the background so much, you know? Yeah. He did Punk have the match character great... where they just kind of rolled around for 20 minutes. True. Punk was having a fucking great year, bro. Yeah. Seriously. It's easy to forget that. Like, remember when Punk was wrestling on TV regularly? Like, he had that weird match with Penta where they, like, like oh my he tried God, to do that dude. fucking Rana off the top and just <laughs> <Yeah>. fell down. <laughs> it ruled. Um, he was so Punk had that one with uh, with Dustin that was fucking amazing. Yeah, that's that's when they started the Hangman feud. Actually. Yeah, there you go. Um, I think it's Jericho or Dax for the, if you're looking for another AW. You know, I like Garcia being mentioned. I think Tony Storm's had a nice year. I think you was had a nice year, but I think Dax Hall is the uh, yeah. Dax is the pick, and I think. I would personally say, and this is just me, and you know I'm a bootlicker, Dukes, but I think Dax, in terms of, like, top-end, high-end quality, he may be the rest of the year. The issue is, if you did a top 20 matches combined between him and Mox, Mox has, like, 15 of them. Yeah. The top three could all be Dax's, honestly. He's had yeah, that, yeah. his top stuff's been that good. But Moxley has been so, he's had the output. I don't know, though. Mox has the punk match. True. Tanahashi match. Yeah. The Brian Revolution match was fucking yeah. great, too. He has anarchy in the arena. Well, he, got to if you want to count that. Basically, that here's the best way to put it. In quantity, he's on a different level to Dax, obviously. Yeah. And his quality is, is com- comparable enough that it's just you can't pick Dax over him. Like, it's mm-hmm. it'd be one thing if he was having three and a half star matches, but he his shit is just fuck. He's, he's had such a great year. So Moxley's great. kind of a lock. Um, but Dax. I think it's easy to forget where FTR were a year ago. I mean, mm-hmm. they finished last year with the the trios match, um, you know, the, the Christmas show with Punk in the tag. We had the face paint on with Sting and Darby, and that was great. But they were very much fucking – they were heels there to wrestle the top baby face. They didn't get big reactions or anything. They were just heels doing a great job what they did. They're now some of the hottest baby faces in wrestling, most over it baby faces. So – Huge year. What stands out for you when you talk about FTRs? I mean, they're, they're a lot for tag. So what do you think? FTRs 2022, dudes, what stands uh, out? Obviously, the Briscoes matches both of them. The first mm-hmm. one more so. But the second one was second one is where the Discord voice chat was born. So Yeah, that's cool. That's a good one. Uh, the Bucks match on TV. The Aussie Open match, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. all the Dax singles matches, too. Dax Adam Cole was really fucking good. Really good, yeah. Good call. I almost are we. I wonder how deep Dax's catalog is for this year. Dax and Cash was this year. Yeah. Da- Dax and Punk was this year. Remember that singles mm-hmm. match they had? That was really good. He's definitely. He has got a case. I just think Moxley's had such a strong. Yeah. Year. This is another one, by the way. FTR versus Punk and oh, Moxley. Yeah. That was incredible. Remember when we all thought it was Samojo for like five Amazing. minutes? Amazing. Yeah, it was like <laughs> Jay first. I remember she was in Dynamite that night and it was like her first show on the Grim. Like first show officially as part of the Grim. It was really funny. She was like bummed out on my behalf. I was like, oh, the match fucking ruled. Who cares? <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's, they've had a huge, huge year. I think, honestly, Dax would... Dax is unfortunate that he's done this on the year that John Moxley's had that year. Yeah. Honestly, because... I agree. He's had a killer year. Um... Any other names, chat, you'd like to throw at us, please throw them our way now. We'll, we'll talk about them if we 
feel the need. Dukes, any names come to mind for you, mate? Any, anyone else you'd like to show some love to on the wrestling, you know, category? Uh, no, I think we had all the big ones. Yeah, we had the big ones. Um, I'm intrigued by any other kind of pack sleeper year. Pack's always good. He, the problem with Pack is it feels like he he vanishes a lot, you know. Yeah. Mark Davis, maybe he should be like the breakout, <laughs> everyone's favorite wrestler now. Mark Davis. Davis. Fucking rules. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. He did, did a see bunch of ten times. He did. Yeah, did he do um did you see his promo on new japan when he had the glasses on no bro i couldn't decide if he looked like terrifying or ridiculous <laughs> he had like these little glasses on he looked criminal man it was insane um swerve is a sleeper pick swerve has had a huge year from a career perspective i don't know if he's had the matches to be like in this thing but in terms of guys that have like improved their standing in the industry. Mm -hmm. He's had like a transformative year for sure. Um, I assume this is like your first year really watching him, right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've like seen stuff from NXT, yeah. yeah. but like consistently seeing him, yeah, it's my first full year. So he came in in March. He mm -hmm. got started as a baby face and they very quickly put him into that feud with, um, with Hobbs and Starks and that, you know, put him and Keith together and they've been together since. He's really up to, you know, a gear as, as a heel. And I think everyone agrees he's kind of one of the most important guys for AEW, honestly. Like, he's he's special. Um, yeah. He wrestled Darby this year, didn't he? Yeah. On yeah. Rampage? Mm -hmm. Ricky's costume, right, on Rampage? Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's had a great, great year. I think next year will be the one to look at in terms of him being a wrestler of the year candidate because he'll probably have more singles opportunities. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we just put Dax over for tag work. Tag work matters. And Keith and Swerve are a great fucking team. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's unquestionable. Really fucking good. Yeah, but it's just, I think match-wise, he's probably a little thin, but in terms of what he's done for his career, 2022 has been a huge year for Swerve. He's a, he's a big-time player. All right, let's move on. Let's look a little bit, you know, elsewhere now. Let's look at matches now. We talked through a lot of them there. When I say to you, and just your gut feeling, chat, mm -hmm. this is to you, this is to Dukes as well, your, your match of the year in 2022 thus far is what, Dukes? Hangman Brian 2. Which was the first week of the year, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. Hangman Brian 2, that's of course, was the half an hour around that time, right? The, the sequel yeah. to the mm -hmm. draw. Bloodbath, almost felt like a shootout, fight yeah. to the death almost. Fucking. I mean, I was I was there for it, so that's yeah. probably why it's you know my number it's one. one. But, and Unbelievable. Yeah, as we'll, we'll we'll get to this. There's some good ones in the chat here. Um, I do think your pick is a victim of when it happened, in the sense that I think people think it was so late. I mean, it does, it does feel, feel like, like a long lifetime ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else on that show? Do you remember? Was that the one where they won the tag belts? The uh, yeah, Dress Express. Mm -hmm. That's Phoenix got hurt. Oh, um, Ruby and Jade, which didn't go as planned. Uh, <laughs> That's one way of putting it, boss. Yes. Several reasons. <laughs> That's fair enough. Oh, there was a really shitty Jericho in 2.0 segment where he kept calling him Pinhead and Blockhead, and he like, kept saying it, and they like, put the crap the mic out, and the crowd didn't say it. Wow. That's funny. I'm sure, it's fine. Um, he was still like shitty baby face. So they opened that show, right? Yeah. That was the first TBS show. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable match. 
in a lot of ways, it feels like the end of that like era of Brian and AEW. As weird as it sounds, it was only three, four months, but there was that stretch where he felt like he was having a great match every week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not because he has bad matches now, but because he just it isn't. When he first came in, it was honestly like ridiculous. It was it like was he was like cheating the game. Yeah. He would just wrestle like. He like I, one wrestle of the year in like two months. It was fucking insane. He's <laughs> probably the best run I've ever seen, like with my own eyes. Yeah. And I got like, really lucky because I saw two of them in person. So. What was the other one you saw? Yeah, uh, the candy match. Oh, of course. Yeah, half rash. Yeah. Um, oh, and, um, and the John Silver match. There you go. It was just an incredible run. And like, I remember even. I remember we had a match with Rocky Romero on TV, and I love Rocky Romero. Like they had this like fucking, like mm-hmm. this four star match on TV, that. just as like a just because he was just. And again, I don't. So I'm not trying to frame this as like he fell off. He just went back to being like a regular you know, human. Just he went back to being the greatest wrestler in the world rather than the greatest yeah. wrestler to ever have lived. <laughs> it was freakish. So I love to pick. Um, you know, kind of big memories from that match for you as someone that was there. I just remember the blood. What's the what, when you think back to that match? What stands out in your mind? Uh, the jumping jack spot, and then Hangman mm-hmm. falls on his ass after doing it. That was great. That ruled. And then Brian went through all the all the submissions that he beat the Dark Order guys with, and Hangman got out of all of them. Ruled. What an incredible job Brian did there. Huh? I mean, Hangman. That's like the the. The crown jewel in ring wise of what was a really good run in terms of these matches, he had a great run. But Brian really did a great job of like this is the champion, you know. He's yeah. um his value really can't be put into words how great that guy is, right? Like he didn't just put hangman over, like you just laid out that spot, like he was fucking yeah. It's just fucking. Beat, he put him down, bro. Yeah, like amazing. What a what a wrestler, man, hangman, right there with him too. Great, great match. All right. My pick, I don't think surprised to anyone. FTR Briscoe's one. It's, I still think it's the best match I've actually seen. I, I can't believe how great it is. I've watched it legitimately like 15 times. And if you know me, you know I don't watch matches more than like two, three times. And that's fucking pushing it. I do that a couple of times a year. It's worked with such spirit and intensity. And it just, for whatever reason, I, th- I find those matches to be like weirdly stirring. They're almost emotional for me. There's so much... Yeah. Effort on display, you know. You feel like you're watching, yeah, man. Passion. You feel like you're watching these guys fucking empty the tank. It's just, just absolutely beautiful match. The second one is more grueling and he's great in his own way, but the first one is a thrill ride. It's like half an hour yeah. and it never stops. It's just like unbelievable match. Um, as someone who's watched the Briscoes for a long time, it's cool to see him get that kind of a you know moment in the wrestling year. That was really when FTR's year began to like change mm-hmm. too. Yeah, they, they wrestled the Bucks the next week. Yes. Exactly, the rest of the Bucks and Owen followed and they got to have the match together and you know, Dex was Dex was already rocking, but they really got going with that match. So that's my pick. Duke's memories of FTR Briscoe's one. Uh I remember just like sitting there watching the video package as it was playing, mm-hmm. and I was like, Holy fuck, this is like really happening. Yeah. And uh honestly, like all like the before they even like locked up the way the crowd was, like Cash is fucking screaming at the crowd, getting them fucking hyped up. That mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was awesome. The 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 way the wrestlers fed off the crowd's energy. Yes, Cash just fucking screams tag team wrestling at one point. Yeah, (laughs) tremendous, tremendous stuff. Absolute classic. All right, we got Gunther and Sheamus. I like this pick for sure. This definitely in the conversation. If 
for the Briscoes, that tag match was a kind of a moment to recognise and acknowledge their work over the last two decades. I think the Gunter match was clearly that for Sheamus. Mm-hmm. Um, he got the chance to, you know, the perfect scenario to be a hero. And he was every bit worth it. Gunter, who went, let's be fair, a lot of us were very dismissive of Gunter's WWE chances we just talked about. A lot of us didn't like the changes he made physically, which in hindsight was really, really dumb of a lot of us. Myself, you know, most most and foremost, first and foremost. Um, yeah, but, you know, I should know, but you're only a kid. Um, <laughs> these, you talk about, you know, aggression. That match starts with that wild brawl and Sheamus keeps punching him in the body and his fucking side was all red and... Mm-hmm. Just wrestled with guts and and um, Sheamus was such a great babyface and Gunter is the when he's on he is the ultimate like mountain top you know yeah. he's the ultimate like final boss yeah exactly final boss like a guy babyface climbing to beat and um, unbelievable match armed with a stadium crowd which listen that matters I mean when you have a crowd like rocking it is special it's the most magical thing you can see in wrestling so they stole the show it's one of the best shows of the year for WWE Clash of Cars was a really great show. Gunter and Sheamus, I loved it. Dukes, what did you make of Gunter and Sheamus? Uh, not physical enough. Three stars. <laughs> if it happened on Dynamite, I'd give it five. <laughs> Shout out to Manny. <laughs> no, it fucking rolled. Um, Gunter, like, powerbombed Sheamus on his ass, like, three times. Yeah. And Sheamus just kept taking it the same way. Amazing. Yeah. That was that was incredible. You're right. That was a real thing that happened. <laughs> He looks so much worse too. Like he's like yeah. just dying out there. Um, I just always remember I messaged Oracle. I was like, "How was the women's trios match?" And he was like, "It was good, but not great." And it, we were talking a little bit, and I wasn't obviously I didn't want to spoil us the show. And I was, um, I put my phone down, and he he then messaged me and was like, "Must watch Sheamus and Gunther." I was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> Give it the Oracle must watch. He gives like one of them a year, so I was I was excited, and it lived up. It was great. Um, speaking of things that lived up to the hype, a couple of like. You know, suggestions here for Anarchy in the Arena. Um, a match that I was not even excited about. I thought they were going to do a plunder brawl and go through some tables and call it a day. And, I mean, they get, that's one of the most unique matches here. It's yeah. definitely in my top. It's actually probably second for me, legitimately. It's um, definitely my top five. It's I, another match I can watch multiple times. It's definitely my family's favorite professional wrestling match ever. Yeah. They regularly reference it. It was an absolute hoop for people that aren't fucking nerds like us. Yeah. Um, an incredible all-time great Eddie Kingston performance. Oh yeah, the gasoline. including uh-huh. yeah the gasoline, the uh, him and Matt Menard fighting with the mustard. Yeah, <laughs> Danielson sort of because he's in the finish for the first half of the match just takes Angelo Parker into the stands, just beats the shit out of him. He's just fucking rifling him with right hands. Moxley has the incredible Hollywood moment at the end where he takes the bullet and goes through the fucking barbed wire, which is a great moment. Um, the brutal, violent finish on Danielson. Yeah. Hager is great in that match. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it ain't any better. Didn't, there was like a pile driver on the fucking steps. Was that that? Yes. Yeah. Garcia, that was fucking yeah. insane. And that then, was Garcia and Santana. Garcia and Ortiz, I think, because then he had to, I could be wrong on that, so you might be right, but he did that, and then he had to climb up the stairs to go and fight yeah. Eddie, and he said he was fucking blown up because he was <laughs> his ass was hurting. You know, yeah. he him and Eddie kicked the shit out of each other, too. I mean, it's just an absolutely... Unbelievable piece of business. I I was uh, always cherished. Oh, oh, there you I go. I got a fucking lap around my house. Amazing. And the highlight, clearly, of that feud. I mean, I think Eddie's match with Jericho was great. 
Blood and Guts was really, really strong, but the highlight was Anakin. They was never going to top that, you know. And honestly, the fact it's still going is kind of nuts to yeah. think about because that was five months ago, but it feels like longer. Um, yeah, Anakin the Arena is certainly not only is it a pick for me, it's the most unique match because sure. in a time where everyone does brawls and wild fights, that one actually felt like a brawl. It was like crazy. Mm-hmm. So, Anakin the Arena. It fucking ruled. You mentioned this one earlier, Dukes. This yeah. is one that, you know, speaking of things that you will remember forever, Cody and Seth. Mm-hmm. I mean, the irony of this is, I think in history, people are going to think Cody and Seth and think Hell in a Cell, but they had, the, both of their first two matches were really strong. Yeah. The first match was great in a sort of spectacle way, but it was a little bit clunky. The second match that was unbelievably good. The mm-hmm. one from, I think, Backlash. Yeah, WrestleMania. But Hell in a Cell is the one that will be remembered most because of the kind of iconic visual of Cody in there with the, you know, wearing the wounds, so to speak. Um, unbelievable moment, special match. Dukes, what are your kind of memories of experiencing that? Very unique ride. I remember it Cody starting. Mm-hmm. It's starting and Seth came out in like the dusty gear and I was like, I'm going to fucking hate this because he was doing the laugh and shit. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. And then it was fucking Cody beat him with one arm. Um, <laughs> The way he lifted up the fucking hammer, yeah. all triumphantly. Oh man, he's he's the best, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, like, he fucking rules. Yeah, for the love just, of the game. Wrestling's better for having a guy like that in it. Man. He he's, tweeted he's for great. the love of the game that day. What a fucking hooper! It don't get any better. Um, yeah, special match again. I actually think the second match is probably their best match, but you got to nominate the cell match because it's just one of the more like. It's just insane to watch. It's like yeah. uncomfortable and gruesome. You can't stop looking at it. Mm-hmm. I find it hard to even describe the appeal of it without finding myself sound like a sicko, but yeah. I just thought it was unbelievable. Um, look at this. Look at Monty. This was 10 minutes ago. Right? He said, yeah. he said, holy shit, is that your whole, but who's the jobber? <laughs> yeah, he called me Sammy Guevara after. Oh, my God, he did. Yeah. Sammy Guevara isn't real, so I don't really know what that means. I've heard that, yeah. He's a little bit aggressive, isn't he? Yeah, British. True. Fuck him. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, SummerSlam. I like this suggestion. I would be, it wouldn't quite make my like top end, but it was a complete fucking hoot. And I think the biggest compliment I can give it, Dukes, is that people left it with a fond memory when in reality it's easy to forget when they booked the match, everyone was like, not again. We can't yeah. do this ever again. Sure. And then by the end of it, everyone said, actually, that That's fucking wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> are you on board with it, Brock and Roman? I mean, again, I don't know if I'd have it in yeah. my top tier. But it was a fucking blast, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fucking crazy. There was a tractor. He lifted up the ring with a fucking tractor. Yep. That's it. Unbelievable. Really. And Roman took that incredible bump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They did the big, like, <laughs> action movie bump. Amazing. Yeah. This one, I would have yeah, higher yeah. personally. Bianca Blair and Becky Lynch. This, to me, is WWE's absolute best in the sense that they actually made the match stronger with the presentation and the production. The entrances, the way that thing looked, it felt like as big as wrestling can possibly feel, which is a important factor when you're dealing with like that kind of a story. Um, very, very simple wrestling story. It started in a kind of unique way with Bianca getting squashed, and I think we'll always that'll always be debated whether that was necessary. Um, we don't against that here. That was 2021. Fuck it. But in the end, it became a very simple story, and I think everyone knew really the babyface was going to win. Yeah. But they did, you know. 
they convinced people there was a chance they were going to do something insane because the one yeah. benefit of WWE being fucking nuts was that you didn't ever quite know. Right? Yeah. It was the one benefit of it. And that match benefits around that is just brilliantly worked. It's the highlight for me in ring of Becky's whole career. I think she's just incredible in that match. Yeah. That match and is awesome. It really was. And Bianca has another WrestleMania classic to her name after last year. Uh, too straight for her. She really feels like the ace coming out of that one. Uh, Dukes, any kind of broad memories of, I know it feels like a long time ago now, yeah. Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, great match. I really like the finish. Uh, yeah. I see it on Twitter all the time. Just like the quick clip of it, it fucking rolls. And the way the crowd comes up when she gets her on her fucking shoulders. Yeah, that's that. you're right, that's special, right? And again, that's, that's something that they, that's an epic feel that no one else can quite do. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a stadium, man. Like when a stadium comes up for saying, it, it's, it's magical. Um, Omos and Bobby Lashley was definitely a hoot. Um, I like this shout. The Bucks Lucha Bros match on the California Rampage probably my favorite, not the best. That was the, uh, that the was one really, where they just did everything. It was right? fucking it, nuts, yeah. Yeah, every sequence imaginable. Was yeah. Insane. Um, look at this. When FTR, when FTR versus Briscoe started, I threw my phone out the window, says Montel. Yeah. Bless his heart. Um looking else here. Mox versus Tanahashi. You mentioned that earlier. Um, Tanahashi, you know, kind of being the ultimate baby face and the yeah, hero. Yeah, just decided he should fucking win at the end. Unbelievable. Awesome. Yeah, I don't think it's... This is just me. I don't think it's quite top tier as a match alone. But I agree with Nifman. The environment, the historical moment, you're never going to forget it, right? Like, I watched I it again this morning. It was, yeah. What did you, did you think was the best match on the show? Or did you think Orange and Osprey? What did you have? It's close because they're so different. The opposite yeah. type of match. Yeah. But I think I like Orange and Osprey a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's more exciting in a, in a different type of way. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Um, I think the work is definitely better, right? Yeah. Like, because, kind of, you know, Tanahashi is where he is physically, but that's part of the charm in the same way. So it's mm-hmm. hard. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Monty's top three, Briscoe's, FTR, Okada, Osprey, Anakin, in the arena. I don't know if you saw Okada and Osprey. Mm. It was really, really good. It was not my favorite. I and I'm think I'm very much on an island with this. I don't know if I spoke Monty about this. I'm sure I did. But the match I most liked for Osprey there was the was the Naito match, which was the the sort of de facto semi final. That was the actual semi final. She was at four blocks, where he really sold his neck and was great. The Okada match was great. It just suffered a little bit of me of the kind of middle I thought was a little bit uninteresting. But Okada, um, you know, he's sort of a force of nature. We understand where what he is at this point and what he does. Osprey, we talked about him as one of the wrestlers of the year. That is certainly one of the standout matches. I think he's probably his highest rated match of the year. So I'm glad Monty brought it up. Um, this is a good one. Feeling the matches that, you know, this was important. So over our glory are a great team. I spent an awful long time saying, Dukes, I did not think the Acclaim were capable of a 20-minute pay-per-view match. That's exactly what they had. Blew me away. I mean, it was just, it was probably, I think Punk Moxley was more my flavour, but I mean, it was the match the crowd most enjoyed at the pay-per-view, yeah, either this or the trio's sure. final, right? So, um, yeah. Acclaim, Swerve and Aguilar, anything on that one, Dukes? Uh, they just kind of, the, crowd, the way the crowd just came up with a chant on spot, fucking ruled. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Max, like we all, everyone knew Bowens was really good, but that was like the moment where Max Cash was like, "Oh, he can fucking, he can do it." Absolutely, I've seen some love of someone else that I forget who. Oh, there it is Hangman Takeshita, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. 
big moment for Takeshita. Strong teammates. Takeshita has a few of those. The Moxley one. The Claudio um, one. Claudio one, which I think was probably the best one, actually. Yeah. Moxley one was really fucking good. Though. I remember he got juice. They got to give Takeshita, like, give Brian, like, 20 minutes with Takeshita. He's a fucking yeah. sicko. He'll do some crazy shit. I agree. Takeshita just, he's honestly, like, a really interesting guy to build the TV around in some way. Like, he kind of wrestle regularly, I think, on TV when he comes back. And, like, mm-hmm. now, obviously, you want to, you can push him now, right? Like, you can he's bring him back and have him win. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I've not yet seen Ishii and Ren Narita. Oh, it was You've really seen... good. It was? T- yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about good. Ishii and Narita. Tell me about Ren Narita just... It, they literally do uh, Ishii and uh, Shibata match, basically. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. And we wa- we watched in the Discord. The best part of it was Reese going fucking crazy. Oh. I never heard the man so fucking loud. Tremendous. God yeah. bless. You also saw in the Discord this one, right? This yes. on Drink Aside. This was I've still yet to see this beyond clips. Um this got crazy hype at the time. Yeah, it's fucking insane. It's easily the best death match I've ever seen. It's wildly uncomfortable at points. Junkasai put a fork in his own head at one point just because he felt like it. He just went and fucking stabbed himself. Yeah. I respect that. Um SB is an incredible baby face. He wore all white and great wrestler. Yeah. Great fucking wrestler. John Moxley, Wheelie Uter is a good call. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we just talked about the Swerve and Our Glory match for the Acclaimed and how it kind of was a big deal for them. I mean, you was doing good, but that match, that Moxley match changed his That might be my favorite Mox match of the year. I... Just because I, I wasn't expecting it to be that. Yeah. I think mine was probably the second Punk match, but this is in the conversation for sure. This was... Mm-hmm. this was, And it was a game-changer for you because, I mean, mm-hmm. he literally has not got a bad reaction in the arena scene. And he's no. just so over. It's an insane moment. Because I the graphic came up and I was like, all right, this will be cool. He'll be yeah. in the group. This will be nice. Because I thought it was going to be like, you know, the Brian and Yuta match was, was good. It was really mm-hmm. good, but yeah. it wasn't a fucking war like it was with Mox. Absolutely. You literally made him. Like when he kicked out of the fucking second Death Rider, I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, he's the fucking guy. One of the best matches in Rampage history, too. Right? Oh, Gotta be. Yeah. Gotta be. Um... Feels like to go Cody Sammy the ladder match. Mm-hmm. Absolutely deserves a mention. It was um fucking insane. It was not my favorite because it did suffer for me slightly from the Cody uh having three matches in one match thing that he does sometimes. He like does, as a box they set. Opened it like yeah. match. Yeah, fucking yeah. He, he's that and that's kinda I've kind of talked myself into in like, like enjoying that part of Cody's game. Like he's yeah. just sort of insane. He's just weird. He, yeah, he just does. He just likes enough different rest and he just merges them in some sort of weird sandwich. Mm-hmm. But there are spots in Cody and Sammy that are like, you know, mind blowing. The way they open the match is fucking hilarious. Yeah, well, just like run the ropes. <laughs> this thing, that's why. But Sammy, you know, that's um, that's definitely worth mentioning because that got crazy buzz at the time. Yeah, um, it does for like a lifetime ago. So I'm glad you brought it up. Um, I'm looking here at the chat, seeing any others. Dukes, I know you're a big Joshi guy. Tell me about this one. Well, actually, I watched Julian Suzu Suzuki, you piece of oh. shit, and it fucking ruled. Yeah, it was awesome. I saw it too. I tweeted about it. it they beat really... the shit out of each other. Yeah. I was, I was a bit of a dick. You know, I wouldn't have done it if I actually knew about Joshi. I was just, I was trying <laughs> to like blame you for our ignorance. It was amazing. It was very, very emotional. Very emotional. Oh yeah. Maybe the most emotional match of the year in terms of like outwardly so. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm a great big fucking pussy, so I get emotional at a lot of things. But that match, they were like, they were feeling it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I knew nothing about really either of them. I knew Julia, right. but I had never, I don't think I'd ever seen a match before. And I, mm-hmm. I just got it 
right from the start. Yeah. Um, FTR, Bucks 2, definitely deserves love. Um, there are many people I respect that prefer that to the Briscoes match. Which is, really? speaks, yeah, like a lot of people do. I don't think it's quite that level. I put it between the first one and the second one. Yeah, I get that. Um, I just, I, it didn't quite deserve it, but it is, I mean, it was really fucking good. And Bill was there live, so God bless. I mean, it's an incredible match. Bucks, you know, working as the heels, it seemed to unlock a new gear for the for the pairing. Um, yeah, I mean, the uh, we talked about FTR's year, and I think it is pretty worth that coming. I mean, I think, for me personally, it would be their fourth best tag match of the year. Yeah. Which just tells you what I think of their year that Robin went for, I think, the match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's just what it is. It's not, it's not anything on that match. Good call here from Kiwi. Oh, yeah. Wheeler. And Wheeler then Angus Regal getting in the ring and fucking Southpaw and, like, circling him while he's oh, on the ground. Oh, Incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I like this. Not match of the year, but Christian Cole's very funny. It was. That was pretty – my favorite Cole matches of the year was that one with Christian, the one with Dax, and the Revolution one. Because I like the Revolution match yeah, a lot. The Revolution match is really good. I didn't love their Texas Death match, whatever it was. I like both of them. I definitely like the Revolution match more, though, I think. Yeah, it weren't bad. It just didn't... It felt like they could do a lot better with their... You know, with Hangman being such a great brawler, too. Like, yeah. It was, um, this was a good chaotic match with Moxley and Desperado. Yeah. Penta and Viano was... Oh, yeah. Oh my god, when I have Fran bombs on the outside and Penta was feeding his fucking just, the way Giano fucking looks. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is this gonna be? And then they just fucking killed it. Yeah, the, and the whole the, ceremony thing at the end, this is the first time I'd seen a Masters Mask match. Yeah. yeah it was mm-hmm. Higuchi We thought we watched this one together, right, Dix? Were you in the Discord that night? Oh yeah, when he had the one is that the one where he yeah. had the post? Yeah. 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 Higuchi is unbelievable, man. He's a fucking great wrestler. Um, he really is very, very impressive. And obviously, we talk about Takeshi. That's a great one. Um, I agree with this about Takeshi on AEW TV, 100%. Um, Dukes is lashing out and says, Dukes is lashing out? Monty's lashing out and says, Dukes likes bad wrestling. Confirmed. It's not really necessary, is it? Um, <laughs> that WrestleCon show where Loki gets into it with a fan is my favorite moment of the year. True. Archer and Hangman, bro. Factual. That was a fucking blast, man. Getting when Dan Lambert came out, I was like, "It's over, fucking pack it up." And then he cut the ropes <laughs> off, and I was like, "Oh fuck, we're cooking." Yeah, yeah. I remember that angle they shot when, like, do you remember when Hangman came out on TV and Lambert interrupted him? And the whole time I was just like, "Oh fuck." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's over. I, I actually completely co-signed this, and I think we should have brought this up as about Moxley's best match of the year. Oh yeah. This match with Jericho when he did the, the first, when he first did the Lionheart thing was incredible, man. Like, and it was also unless I'm mistaken, I think that was one of JR's like last great AW call where he was like, he was like really into it because obviously he loves Jericho and Moxley. But Jericho, he has like a connection to, right? Yeah. Watching him roll back years, that was like yeah. that was and a special. Came back after that. Yeah. Yeah, it was That's fucking special. awesome for that too. That was special. And I also, I know I'm biased, but I do think Jericho and Eddie deserves a match. That match was killer, man. From Revolution, like, yeah. Yeah, the op- yeah, not the bomb. <laughs> the opener of Revolution was an incredible yeah. match. It started with a fucking head drop suplex. It was an amazing match. So, um, yes, this is this is a great, great visual when he hits, when his head hits the, uh, the buckle and gets shoot busted mm-hmm. open. 
He has um, mocks in the in the walls for the entire commercial break. Yeah. Yeah. Right, he did. Yeah. <laughs> it rolled. Um How's no one brought Punk MJF? Oh, I was surprised. I had Punk MJF from Revolution in my top 10 AEW pay-per-view matches ever. And some people reached out to me and said they didn't love the pay-per-view match. Which I, I think was I like the Chicago match better. Yeah, I, 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 I'd have to re-watch them. I would say that that rivalry, you know, that rivalry is probably the rivalry of the year, right? Yeah. I would assume. For sure. I don't even know what really the – I'd like to be – we'll get to that one in a second. I thought the Donkey match was great. I can see why people prefer the Chicago match. I mean, they're both awesome. So I think it's very much, um, you know, I think it's worth bringing up for sure. Um, all right, let's uh, let's let's pivot here slightly. We had a lot of answers there, yeah. um, that was actually really fun. Remembering some mm-hmm. of those matches, I enjoyed it very very much. Let's let's go to rivalry. I'm intrigued, chat. What do you think on this one? Because I, as I said it, I was thinking, am I forgetting something obvious? Because the problem would be. WWE doesn't have, like, it isn't really a rivalry. Their, their top thing is just the bloodlines in a sort of, the baby faces are kind of just, they come and go, right? Like Yeah, there's a rotation. You can't really say, like, Roman and Brock, because, like, as well it was the rivalry for them, like, it's just, it's been done, and, you know, it's difficult to vote that mm-hmm. way. I think Eddie and Jericho had a real case until the, the way it ended. I think people just it unfortunately that's how it works. It undoes a lot of good work, which is a shame. Um I'm, sure, I'm looking at Eddie versus Jericho, Punk MJF. It feels like Punk MJF is kind of Yeah. Like FTR Briscoes. FTR Briscoes is interesting. The problem with FTR Briscoes is did they do enough yeah. trimmings to make it right? Do you know what I'm saying? Like all the stuff that was on YouTube, though, and shit like that. Yeah. Probably, and Twitter, if you get one of like, the British Coast yeah. Twitter videos. It's just, the reason I guess it's hard is because they, you know, they did the deal where, like, after the first match, they kind of, you know, they had the big handshake deal. So the second one, it very much felt like they needed to draw a house. And so it's not that it doesn't count. It's just it feels it doesn't feel the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would give some love on the WB from to Becky and Bianca. Because mm-hmm. one, I don't think it's on the level of, you know, Punk and Max. I think both matches were tremendous. And, you know, I had some nice angles along the way. The second one was kind of undercooked. So he's going to win it. But Ward, though, MJF is a really good fucking call. It is. The, yeah. yeah. I think, that means, obviously, MJF's whole, MJF's whole first half of the year. Yeah. Because the way the, the Punk stuff transitioned into the Ward, though, stuff was like, fabulous. incredible. Yeah, that was fabulous. Um I think Punk MJF is the like yeah. easy number one mm-hmm. because it had it started last year, but it really you know got rolling. It picked up, yeah, yeah, because it was still because obviously as I said they did the Christmas match with FTR, so that was it was already underway, but that was the match where they didn't touch, so yeah, they it started on Thanksgiving. Time. There you go, yeah. So um, that was the that's the easy number problem. one. Yeah, um, in terms of the others, like. MJF Wardlow's hard because in the Wardlow segments angle, are so good though. Yeah, like in terms the, of the angle, it's best one I think. Yeah. Like segments. The, um, the belt shots one where Wardlow just no sells all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Segment for segment, it honestly, you could argue it's like as good if not better than Punk for hit yeah. rate. The problem is, is there is really no matches, right? Like you have the one match and it's squash, yeah. which is where it should be. It's just hard to judge that. In comparison mm-hmm. to one where you had two longer matches that were like kind of significant. Um, 
I'm trying to think of. I mean, I think Punk and Moxley did some good business together. It was, yeah. it was very short. Um, hmm. Brian and Jericho, but the yeah. first match sucked. Yeah, and it's hard because it also just feels like an extension of something else, yeah. right? It doesn't feel like it's like if I said to you, "Why do they hate each other?" It's like I don't know, man. Like we could do like the first uh, uh, up to blood and guts, BCC versus Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like this one. I like this one a lot. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good shit, actually, from Kiwi, because that is a that isn't just a series of matches. They've had like angles within there, you know, yeah. and they've had. That's a really good call. Brian and Garcia, I'm actually right. Because those matches, I should have brought up earlier. The, the third match is in my match of the year deal. Like, yeah. it was... For me, me too, probably, yeah. It was unbelievable. I mean, the first one and the second one were so different. First one was kind of heatless because Garcia hadn't got over yet. The second one was this sort of, you know, dramatic emotive tale with, with Danielson selling the concussion and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the third one was this sort of marriage of those matches, and it was just, it was unbelievably good. That might be the, one of the best Dynamite matches of the year. I think so, definitely. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I agree with this. I, I think you've got to show love to Jericho Appreciation Society and Blackpool Combat Club. It's just been a little bit uneven, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, the first half was really good. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's, bad, but, you know. Basically, I put it would be, it's a feud that has allowed for some really great TV, and there's been a lot of good matches that came from me. Even this week, there was two really excellent matches that came from that feud. The issue would be, from a narrative point of view, it's it was somewhat... It's been a little bit messy, hasn't it? Yeah, it's very spread out. Yeah, and like there's some people just sort of come in and out of it, and it's sort of... It's just hard. It, it's not that it's been bad. It's just I think that's what limits it at the top level. But it's definitely worth, suggest, uh, worth mentioning, for sure. Um, all right. I want to do this now before we sort of wind down here. On this wonderful Sunday evening. How are you tonight? Are you enjoying this so far? I'm good. Yeah, it's very hot in my house, but I'm having a good time. Really? It's absurdly Why? hot in here. Why? I have no idea. Isn't it like October? Something's broken. I should probably fix it, but we'll figure <laughs> out after. Good. All right, good job. I want to kind of talk. We've got into some of them. Our favorite, like, stories of the year. So, for example, this would be where you would say Swerve. For example, just as an example of what, what I want to do here, I want to chat to get involved on this. Swerve kind of announcing himself as a big-time main event player in wrestling is a story. Um, not so much a new story like um, yeah. Old Pervert gets thrown out of World Wrestling Federation. More That's like John Moxley's return to wrestling, you know, announced himself as the best wrestler in the world. So on and so forth. Daniel Garcia, he's... His kind of thing. Um, maybe it's a concept coming back. Maybe it's like, you know, tag team wrestling at the four. Whatever you think, I'm intrigued. What sort of broad strokes, movements, moments, concept stories stand out to you as highlights for 2022 thus far? I'm intrigued. I'd probably just go with Marx, just the way yeah. he came back in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the way he left the year before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way it led into the fucking Blackpool Combat Club, which is the fucking sickest group ever. Right. Yeah. Blackpool Combat Club's a good one. Yeah. That's 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 a that's a fun one. Um Yeah, it's interesting, man. There's been a lot of like really cool deals throughout the year. Um 
I think Forbidden Door in itself is one, right? Yeah, like yeah. it finally happening and what sort of curse it was, it felt like, you know, and yeah. I have to be honest, it will always haunt me. We didn't get Punk and fucking Tanahashi. That's like yeah. devastating blow for I me. I think the most video game matchup possible. Oh yeah, it was devastating, bro. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, Ryan but, and Zack Sabre Jr., but we'll get that eventually. It was, yeah, it was like, it was a cursed show, but it ended up being over the show there, which we'll get it to. It was so second. fucking good. Amazing show. Um, this one's obviously one for me. Samoa Joe's comeback's been a lot of fun. It's been slightly disjointed, but it's been great to have him back. I think it's easy to forget at the start of the year. It felt like he was never going to wrestle again for a while. I like this one from Andrew. Bobby Lashley becoming a top star. He's, I mean, Actually. I think the only thing that makes that hard is because he was already a top heel, but yeah, as a, as a babyface, he finally became the guy they wanted him to be 16 years ago, which is nuts yeah. to think about. Cody coming in. This is a great one. Cody again rolling the fucking dice and it actually working out again. Yeah. Incredible. Balls on that guy. Can never be, never be questioned. Um, Jay White has kind of continued to solidify himself as a toy. There's been a lot of cool ones, man. I'm sure there's been some not so fun ones and some negative ones that I'm sort of removing from the memory. Um, but yeah, I think for me, the, the kind of most impressive story um was Moxley, as you said. Yeah. You know, he is our wrestler of the year right now. But I think it's easy to kind of also look past what the role he's seemingly taken as part of the promotion. Yeah. I mean he's he's not only like the top guy, he's like he is AEW now. Yeah. He feels more so than almost anyone. It's like I mean the promo after all out is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, right. About and, being being the guy, taking the shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like if you were to look at this as like the sort of the narrative of the year, it makes sense that it overlaps with the rest of the year because it's like it's one look, John Moxley's match catalogue is, is almost certainly the best of anyone's this year. That's one thing. But the reason we're all convinced he's the rest of the year is not just that. There is like an actual there's this thing that's with it. Like mm -hmm. he came back in January. You know, he like he immediately jumped in and was wrestling two, three times a week doing fucking indie spots and so on and so forth. And it feels like now, in a lot of ways, he's completed his journey on that front. Now, he's not done. He's going to wrestle for another fucking 20 years. What I mean is, like, he's not going to do these indie shows as much. He's solidified as the top guy in AEW, the top guy outside of WWE. And now it's like, where does he go now in that role? Well, that's going to be an interesting story. But this story, it literally feels like we've got a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Like, and this last stretch where he's become kind of Mr. Reliable has been the end to me in a lot of ways and got the new contract. And so, yeah, he's um, he's he's been unbelievable. FTR are definitely, in a very similar way, have had their kind of crazy year where they've transformed their mm -hmm. their uh, their worth. I mean, they're always valuable, but fuck, man, they're going to get paid big time next year. God bless them. There's, in terms of interesting stories, WWE's sort of, bizarre transformation has been interesting, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people feel certain many different ways about it, and, and we talked about it even before you got here, Dukes, and like, I know you kind of walked in on it. Like, I'm not a big believer in Triple H, but clearly it's a more optimistic place than it was. I think that's undeniable. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a much more intriguing place for your favourite wrestler to go because it's not a complete fucking clown show. And... You know, if anything, Triple H's floor is maybe that he's a bit too kind of safe sometimes of his creations. So he's not going to, you know, so that part of it's interesting. Some guys have gone back. Some girls have gone back. I don't think anyone would have predicted at the start you would be back. Yeah. Um, 
God bless. That's very funny for a range of reasons. That's one. One of the other ones has been, unfortunately, the CM Punk situation. I mean, it yeah. is easy to forget how confident we were that he would be we was in AEW for the long haul. It was only a few months ago that we all thought things were still golden. I mean, I think that has been kind of lost in the news round and the way we do this thing now with Twitter and stuff. Like, it's easy to forget that like four months ago, five months ago, five months ago, if I said to you, like, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be done. We're at the end of the year. He'd be like, it would have made no fucking sense. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's and it's that is on. It's a crazy year to think about. That should be easily the story of the year in terms of news, big time. Yeah. But Vince, you know, like it's yeah. What a crazy, crazy fucking year. Um. So yeah, a bunch of different things. AEW have definitely had their most sort of creatively rocky year. Yeah. Um. Because, you know, obviously, I was going to say just Rocky, but like, let's be honest, they entered a fucking global pandemic in year two. So it was challenging on that front. Um, but in terms of their creative, they've, it's been the most sort of divisive this year. Part of that, I think, is, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. I think kind of people got used to the way they do things. Um, how would you summarize AEW year so far? It's been very interesting watching the different reactions to it. Kind of fucking cursed. Everybody yeah. got hurt. Yeah. Forbidden Door, it was all types of fucked up, but then it's still ruled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Punk going down twice is absurd. Yeah. Especially the first time he got injured by a fucking guardrail. And then, yeah. Nice. It's literally, only one top guy hasn't got injured this Moxley. Yeah. Because Hangman just went down. Brian went down. Mm-hmm. Punk went down. Oh, Jericho. No, Jericho had his fucking... Jericho, he died, didn't he? What was that? Was that last year? One. Oh, no, I think, I think that was... Yeah, no, I remember. <laughs> that was... I think Jericho that was died at one year. point, man. I think that was the end of last year. Okay. King got hurt with the fucking orbital bone. Mm-hmm. Joe went and done a movie. <laughs> Max Max left because... Yeah. He, you know, that whole deal. Adam Cole got hurt. It's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the last month or so has been very interesting. Things like they've kind of steadied the shit. There's some things they do that, like, I would change, but that doesn't mean they're bad, you know? Um, they've had a pretty strong month for TV, AEW. So. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. I WWE think it's all out. It's been fucking awesome, actually, except for that one really shitty show. one week, yeah. Yeah. Oh, screw you. I mean, I think MJF, while I have a lot of fun at his expense because he's Shane Douglas. He clearly gives them... I don't actually, Again, I want to know how much he does creatively, because, like, it can't be a coincidence that his stuff always feels different to everyone else's in terms of, like, angles. Oh, yeah, it's. I think I think he has a lot of input on it. Like, he it's old-school wrestling TV, yeah. you know? He's a fucking nerd. He's a bigger nerd than any of us. Well, it's not carried away. Mm, I don't know. You got yourself a mirror there, son? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I've got to give him credit on that. Like his angles and stuff, he's it's just so much better than everyone else's. I'd love to know. He's, he's a young guy, man. Young guy. Yeah. Um, okay, you mentioned Forbidden Door. Let's let's get to this here. Event of the year, pay per view of the year, show of the year, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Is that your pick, Forbidden yeah, Door? Check out yours easily. too. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, I think so. I'm. I think. Revolution was very good. Revolution was really good. 
Like, but I wasn't as high in the dog collar match as a lot of other people, so that's probably why. How about? Well, that was unnecessary, wasn't it? We're having a lovely conversation here. Why did I do that? <laughs> right, let's have a look at cage match. They know what they're doing. Yeah, sure. Revolution's got 8.9. Forbidden Door's definitely higher than that, right? I would assume so. The Forbidden Door. God, what an incredible name. It's actually called <laughs> that. It's amazing. 9.23. Yeah. Right, Space Match and Forbidden Door was Osprey and Orange, right? Yeah. I see what you mean about, like, the dog collar probably, your your enjoyment probably goes as that match goes, you know? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, though, man. This card was killer. Britain Thunder Rose was unfortunate. Yes, very. They went 17 minutes, apparently. That's, that's too long. Oh, by the way, I want to go back. The story of the year, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Yeah. Fair. It's easy yeah. to forget. Not necessarily the, but like he, we should have mentioned him. Mm-hmm. It's easy to forget how the end of last year, people still thought there was a chance he was going to go to AEW. That was like yes. the, near the end of last year. I never did, obviously, because I know Ball, but a lot of mm-hmm. people did. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, he's like <laughs> one of the most over guys in all of wrestling. He's fucking so. awesome. Yeah, he's got to be brought up. It has to be. Um, it looks like Forbidden Door was the best show. I'm yeah. looking at the Shibata was on the fucking show. Factual. God, it rules, Dave. Do that. Like, in all seriousness, that opening trio's match is awesome. Like, oh, dude, that, that's one of my... Yeah. That's probably third for me on the fucking show. Bro, Dave, give that four and three quarters. It's so good, dude. <laughs> I know. Like, is a fucking beast in that match. Bro, listen to Dave's ratings for this show. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it? All right, four and three quarters. That's a little much. Okay. Triple threat tag match. Good match, right? Yeah. Four and a half stars. Fatal four-way match with Clark Connors. That's a good match. That fucking ruled. Four and a half stars. Six-man tag match. Sting, Derby, those guys. Four and a half stars. True. Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, three and a half. <laughs> that match is... You know, I watched it last night and I was tweeting, but I did a thread. And that match was way better than I remembered it being. It's a good match, yeah. It was really good. Osprey and Orange, four and three quarters. Claudio and Zach, four and a half. True. Fatal four title match, four and a half. That's that might be crazy because considering that wasn't really a finish. <laughs> Bro, Moxley's and Ashley, four and a half. This has got to be if you like, if you like, add these up. This there's no way there's a card even close to this, right? Yeah. This is fucking insane. He has like eight matches with four and a half stars. Like, what a king. God bless him. Shout out to Dave. I know he's watching. But uh, yeah, Forbidden Door's clearly the show of the year. I didn't realize. I, I need to rewatch it, I guess. Dude, I knew it was great. But, like, really fucking good. Dude, the opening match is so good. I need to rewatch it. Especially that, fucking Shooter. Because no everyone was kind of like, eh, on Shooter. like, And that match. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Great. Bro, I don't even think there's a wrestle period with that high. Because... The only advantage that has is some of those, the fucking, one of them's got like a seven-star match on it. So, yeah. but like, they generally, the undercards are not that crazy. The first match got four and three quarters. Like, that's fucking nuts, you know? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Forbidden Door. So, would you agree Revolution is two? Yeah. What would be the WWE pick, chat? I think it's Clash. Yeah, I was going to say Clash. Clash was awesome, man. And it had that All Japan tag with Lexi all caps in it. Yes. Oh, Mania Night One was good. Steve Mania Austin Night One was really fucking good. Fuck. Steve Austin came back this year. <laughs> but Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville was on night two, wasn't it? Factual. 
That's factual. That's factual. Bro, Mania you bring that up one, match of the year. How in the world has Steve Austin's comeback gone so under the radar while being so fucking awesome? It was so good. Like, one of the most genius, like, honestly, probably one of the more genius third things in the last 10 years. Because everyone did the thing, why didn't they announce the match? Bro, it would have been so much less impactful if they just announced it. Like, it being done that way was perfection. Because the audience felt like they were like, they felt like they were getting a treat. It was nuts, dude. Yeah. Oh, like, the way they reacted. Mini Night 1 was Becky and Bianca too, right? Yeah. And yeah. Cody and Seth. Yeah. That's definitely the best WWE show. That show was killer, yeah. Yeah. Ric Flair's last match happened in 22. That's unfortunate. True. That's unfortunate. Manny, give that four. My favorite Manny moment of the year, which is another category, (laughs) was when um, David Finley wrestled Hangman on Dynamite. And they had like a nice little freestyle match. And I logged on Twitter and everyone was like, that was all right. And Manny goes, I'll get four and a quarter. I was like, well, I mean, God bless, right? <laughs> you get what you get. Um, man, I have to say, I know this year has been crazy, but there's like, part of it's because it feels like it's been going on forever. Yes. Like, it feels like 2022 started in the 90s, you know? Like, Yes, true. Which is definitely exacerbated for me personally because like the Grim became my sole platform in January and I feel like I've done approximately 4,000 shows on the Late Night Grim this year. Probably close. We've had like eight incarnations this year, like seven different catchphrases. So that's part of it. This is more about this is more about us than wrestling. To be clear, that isn't me. That's me criticizing us more than anything else. But I mean, look at you, kid. You you were a young lion. You're still a young lion, yeah. but you you started taking flatbacks this year, mm-hmm. working matches, main events. Um, it's been a hell of a time. The Discord is now good. Yes, I've right. left, but it's good. You know, I had to, I had to quit. You left my social. I'm not on anything anymore, bro. Yeah. I got. I do. I do Twitter circle tweets. I don't do anything. I can't. I can't do anything. Yeah, you like those? It's about, it's about ten of you in there, brother. Don't worry about anyone else. <laughs> and when I say you, I don't mean the chat. I mean like ten people. <laughs> Consider yourself privileged, kid. People pay good money for that. Speaking of such, you owe me money for that. It's eight by ten. All right. Um, where does House of Glory high intensity nine rank? Great question. Great fucking question. <laughs> was there any good matches in that show? I don't remember. Was that the one with King? Yeah. That was good. Not like great. Right, I mean, was I was there, match. but you know. Yeah. You give it four and a half, didn't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that match was actually that was definitely my favorite match tonight, even though it was like eight minutes. It was good. Fucking match. Old. Yeah, it was really good. Eddie's had some Eddie's had a really good year. He just he's they haven't used him as of late. Like if you look at his year. Right, so you got the Jericho match we talked about. I'm trying to think here, what else he did on TV? He had that match where he like him and Hager tore it up on Rampage, which was fucking amazing. He had the match with Takeshita. Yeah. He had Blood and Guts, Anarchy in the Arena. He had Tomohiro Ishii. Um. Oh, twice. that match is so good. I forgot. Yeah, that's yeah, that twice. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything else I might be forgetting. I don't know, but he—I mean, it's still that's a nice little catalog, you know. Yeah. It, he felt in the middle of the year, it felt like he could actually have had a run, but he just—he hasn't been around as much since then. So you get what you get, I suppose. Um, yes, Young Dukes was there last night. Mm-hmm. Balls, he was there. He give it four and a half. 
Well, I don't do uh, star ratings because I'm a nerd, but he said the pacing was a little bit uneven. He said, yeah, he's selling went a little long. I don't even know what that means. You know what that means. I do. Let <laughs> <laughs> show my training up like that, kid. <laughs> Bro, Dolph won the NXT title this year. That's true. The, real the world GCW came. Hammerstein show that killed the territory, as Andrew said, was this year. <laughs> that show fucking sucked. <laughs> Mox is on it. That was Mox's return. Yeah, he was, he wrestled. Homicide. Yeah, what he did was he wrestled. He came back on Wednesday, wrestled Friday. and then This wrestled, was his first match, yeah. No, he wrestled on Rampage. That was, he wrestled Friday and then Saturday. That was Saturday. Oh, okay. No, that might have been Sunday. I think he, he did an indie spot. Him, so I mean, he just did like three days straight because he was back. He's a savage, bro. Yeah, like. he was. And then he talked about him and was like, yeah, he like, felt like shit for the first few months. Yeah. Are you good, why. bro? I wonder <laughs> 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 Bro, he's like immediately starts wrestling three matches a week because of rib. Yeah. yeah. To be clear, no one be insulted in Discord. I just, you know, you, your dudes can tell he's in the circle. <laughs> can't do it anymore, bro. <laughs> can't do. I can't do wrestling content other than wrestling conversational content. Yes. I'm doing. <laughs> it's too much. Very tiring. Um. Yeah. The atmosphere at the GCW show is terrible. Worst show of the year. I don't like to do worst, but Rumble or yeah. Rumble was fucking bad, man. That I've lost his smile. Oh my god, Bob was like, he went to therapy for that. <laughs> yeah, his sign lit on fire twice. Yeah, they started asking about his child, and he said, You won't believe who came in 12 in the Rumble, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's amazing. Um, well, yeah, this was good. Garcia match. Eddie had a couple with Garcia. The best one was actually last year, I think, but he had a couple with Garcia. He also had the uh, trios we just talked about. Probably should remember that based on the fact we had a conversation about 90 seconds before. Shane McMahon. This might be the grin of the year. Shane McMahon came back, said that he should go from 1 to 30 in the Rumble. Had it refused. Still went in there. Had the best wrestling of the year when he took a super kick from Kevin Owens. No sold it and threw him out of the ring immediately. Yes. Um, Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. All-time great flame out, which has become even (laughs) funnier in hindsight as his dad lost lost power in the promotion. Like, there's no way he's ever involved again, right? Because you know Stephanie thinks he's a dipshit, like 100%. Yeah. Randy Orton. This is where we're in. 2023. Still a couple months left of 2022, obviously. Based on how this year's gone, anything could happen in those couple months. 2023, things you'd want to see. Chat, please give us some suggestions. One, I want to go immediately because Willie brings them up. I sure hope that Randy can get back in there. Me too. I am increasingly unconfident that we're ever going to see Randy as a full-time guy again, which is like crushing for Earth. Um, yeah. Now we're going to recover from this. The I'm not. I'm not doing sarcasm here. Not. <laughs> I'm being sincere. Um, it's over. I sincerely hope that he could just wrestle again, so he can at least like do some stuff. Because they, as much as a piece of shitty as he is, they need to do the riddle match. Yeah, just need to just. You know, I'm not like, look, in all seriousness, we have a lot of fun about the modern wrestling stuff. And I know Oracle and I often have fun with it. Like, oh, wrestling's dead. And all this. But like, Randy Orton is such an incredible marriage of like eras because like, <laughs> like the kids that go to the shows fucking love him. Yeah. But for a lot of us, he's like this sort of throwback because sometimes he just doesn't really want to have good matches as yeah. a rib. So I'd be very, very upset if he, uh, if he was done. I sure hope that he's back soon. Um, Jeff Jarrett, she has been hilarious. That's a good call. He left, went back, went back, left again, 
wrestled mm. Jeff Jarrett, wrestled Effie. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> that match. That's probably the best match in the show. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Here we go. Here's some suggestions. Swerve as AEW World Champion. Dukes, what do you think? Likely? Unlikely? What do you think? Uh, probably unlikely, but yeah, also true because fucking rules and shit. He's he'll get there eventually, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if it'll be 2023, but he'll get there for sure. Cody winning the world title. I sure hope so. What do you think? Yeah, it would be. It's very funny if he's the one to beat Roman, but it's even more funny if he like gets fucked out of it somehow. Like Punk goes there and Punk does it instead. <laughs> that, tweet, that tweet he sent this week. I got oh, on fine with Punk. <laughs> I quote tweeted right, it with the, with the Brian Danielson, uh, Cody Rhodes taught me how to lie yeah. thing. And people like started having an argument in my mentions, and I was like, all right, I deleted it. I um, Firstly, that's very much like me. I respect it. The, uh, the Cody thing of like why he left is elite because like, He's now realized that he's more of a babyface if he pretends he was actually friends of everyone, but he just wanted yes. to dare himself. Yeah. And he's like, you know, Young Bucks posted a picture of all of them. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> an elite Cody pivot. Because I definitely think for a while he was throwing out messages, like the idea that he was kind of like, oh, he's like, you know, they kind of pushed me. Like he was kind of saying these little things. Yeah. And then he probably saw the heat that Punk got and was like, well, fuck that. We're best friends. Yeah. I'm just over here daring to be great. Those are my guys. Yeah. The big one. The big one. <laughs> That is fucking awesome. We're yeah. the big one. That's. I hope he gets. It. <laughs> I think. I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll get it eventually. I don't know. Like, Sammy Zayn is like a real. They should. I think they should fucking go with Sammy. To be honest, but. I do too. Yeah. There's got to be another way. Like this is where having both belts on one guy is kind of a killer, right? Like. Because even if he had like, the shitty belt, Cody could just bring back the big gold. For the love and of the so game. It's you know? called that the big one. Yeah. The big one. Yeah, he just makes it. Yeah. Like he hasn't cold, like he hasn't actually like AJ Styles and the week before. He just he makes comes a belt out like with his yeah. with logo on it. Yeah, this for this belt, the big yeah, one. The big one. <laughs> um Sestra and Nomi return. I think you'll probably get that before the end of the year, honestly. Maybe. I think that'll happen soon. Um Ricky Starks, he's gonna be a big, big story next year, I think it's fair to say. I hope um so. In one way or another, he's going to be a yeah, big story, right? Sure. It's coming to that crossroads point where it's like they're either going to go with him and he's staying, or they're, they're you know going to go separate ways. Um, yeah. Been a really weird month for Ricky Starks. Like he closed off for Ash. He did a match on Dynamite the next week, a squash match. He did commentary that week, and then he just kind of has vanished. Um, what's your read on the uh, Ricky deal? What do you think? What's happening there? Uh, well, you know, I can't disclose my sources or anything, but True. can't say too much. That's fair. But he rules fair. and he should wrestle more. Hey, um, Yes, I want to see Tiffany Stratton winning the NXT Women's title in, in a few with Roxy. Shout out to Monty. Perfect. And Triple H being a long-term project that isn't part of the worst year of NXT. Triple H, listen, one of the big things to watch in 2022 is both bookers. Tony Khan, him entering what is clearly a new era of sorts with a, a new kind of power in the promotion, a new hierarchy. MJF potentially is the centerpiece of the promotion, which feels very possible right now as of October. It's going to be really interesting when we can come up with for Triple H. We're going to find out because, you know, it's a lot of TV to fill and I don't know if he's got the playbook deep enough as of right now. We'll find out. I mean, 
I have no reason to hope he doesn't because I really, I don't care about any of the tribalism stuff. I hope the show's good. We'll we'll see because he's going to have time to put his pieces in place. They're going to have a draft. He'll be able to figure out his roster. So this second half of this about not going back in time, we will find out. It'll be really interesting. The elite didn't want to do this. Is a big one, right? Kenny, what a frustrating time. Yeah, he was out for that time. Two weeks. The first match, he looked like completely back too. Because obviously, by you know, by that was the idea um, by design. He's gone immediately after I me. Mean, it's been brutal. I'm sure you're you co-signed this one, right? Yeah. The elite more. He was so fucking good in that trios match. Like, yes, he was. It was like, oh, he's back, back. Like this isn't mm-hmm. like end of last year, Kenny. This is like whoa. Yeah, absolutely. Well, some AEW ones here. Ricky Takeshita and Swerve with singles titles. Mace Ruger brought in on a semi in a semi permanent way. Billy Stark signed Nick Wayne debut. Well, that's an interesting ones there. Yeah, I don't know what the plan is for Nick Wayne. It'd be interesting to see how they do that. So that's like a new situation how for them, right? Twelve. Yeah, I think he's. Me. I think he's like he's eighteen next year, maybe. Yeah, like two years younger than me. I saw him wrestle live. I. Uh, He's, he's got. There's like some stuff in the middle that he's just very raw on, but like he's very capable. Yeah, he's very, also very, I, yeah, exactly. I'm saying like when I saw no, him live, I I did a uh, review of that show. I was like, I'm not gonna fucking you know, yeah, overanalyze the kid. He's a kid, but the like he's very fucking good, really good. Yeah, Swerve the kicks players. the shit out of him for like 20 minutes. <laughs> One of Swerve's best ever performances, honestly. He's yeah. an incredible heel in that match. He talks yeah. shit, and he's just he's just a monster in that match. Exactly, no, no. So, yeah, Nick Wayne's really, really good. He just, you know, I would be tempted to let him just sit for a little bit just because I think he'll get better and better. But, yeah. obviously, you need to have faith in where he's working, and that's always a challenge, I think, in the States. So, it'll be interesting. Danielson, G1, I don't think it's likely, but I would fucking love it. Dukes, what do you reckon? I hope so. I hope so, yeah. I don't know if it's something to expect, but definitely something to hope for. Um, I want the injuries to subside and AEW to return to an environment for long-term stories. Steady, creative. Dukes, your thoughts? I agree. He talks about this a lot in the Discord. This is his number one talking point. What, long-term stories? Yes. Does it, Have you considered asking him to just instead do this, and just post this in Discord? Tell him stories. Yeah, that's usually how I reply or let it play out. But the worst thing you can tell someone who's frustrated with storytelling. <laughs> Fair. I respect that. My hope for 2023 is that this is the final of the year AEW gets one on track. Here's the best way to a brick wall for the fourth year in a row. I think there's been an uptick as of late. I do. It ain't, you know, I'm not going to do a fucking party for them. I think people can get a bit carried yeah. away with that stuff. But I'll say this. I think the matches have generally been good on TV, which we can pretend otherwise, but that was not always the case, to be honest. Like, yeah. there was some... There were some stretches, man, where it was like so clear the weakest thing on the show. And it's not necessarily blaming the women because a lot of times they're saying how they're cold. But recently, the matches have like actually been consistently good because apparently it helps to put two good wrestlers in the match. Hmm. Yeah. Try it. And something. have the champion on TV every week. Yeah. Again, I- that's why this is why I don't want to do like a big victory thing on this because yeah. like they're doing like bare minimum. Yeah. But they were doing so bad before that it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. God bless. Cole Anderson, Wrestle Kingdom. Now we're talking, Mitch. There we go. <laughs> we're going to do a grin along for that, and it's going to be fucking yeah. incredible when Machine Gun. I guess I'm that. staying up for that. I'm going to just play that completely straight and, like, pretend he's going to win. Yeah. You know, New York guys don't do jobs, and like, when he loses, I'll just fucking 
<laughs> Statlander with gold when she returns. Absolutely. Statlander, exactly. man. That could have been one of the stories of the year, bro. She oh. was on. Fuck, that was a shame. Um, She's like the first woman to in AW Tech really just naturally catch fire like that. Yeah. Like, remember, at, I think it was the LA show where they did like the, the segment on the stage and the yeah. crowd just fucking came up for her. It was fucking awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Meech has predicted Sammy is going to win it. That means Sammy is fucked and he's not going to win it. Um, the American Nightmare Spinner Belt equals the big one. Aussie Open and the Briscoes on AEW side. Briscoes, yeah. I think, are going to have a home soon. Aussie Open, I mean, you got to believe they're going to get paid here shortly, haven't you? 100%. Got to be. I'd love Rhea to beat Bianca and I'd love Ronda to retire. <laughs> Yeah, the Ronda thing doesn't fit to work, which is a surprise to, well, no one with a brain. Sorry, Bob. Um, Rhea beating Bianca. She's getting over huge in this act with the the Judgment Day. I think she's actually got a real shot at doing that. So that would be fun to have her back in the ring regularly. The King of Sports hopefully having full cheering crowds again. As an avid New Japan watcher, Dukes, I'm sure you co-sign that one. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, Bray Wyatt. Have you seen any of the Bray Wyatt stuff? I saw the one from last night. That shit was ass. <laughs> that shit was... I'm sorry. I really like the backstage one that he did. Where he was just... Yeah, that was a good promo. Like, yeah. yeah, it was weird. I just don't know. Like, the last... Like, bro, go ahead. Last night was fucking bad. I'm sorry. I just... That's not the type of lore I'm into. Funny Matthews like coming that. out of the water, that's the lore I'm into. I honestly don't like any of it, but yeah, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. Like, I genuinely, I never want to be the guy who's like, I don't want to be dismissive of people who like it because that you can come across yeah. like a real snob. If, you, right? if like, you like it, cool. But like, let's be honest, this it's wrestling. Like, we all like dumb shit in wrestling. Yeah. It's like when people get really snobbish, I kind of rock because it's like you we don't pop need for that. Cody's bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Right, bro. I'm a fucking Cole Anderson fan. I'm gonna fucking like that. <laughs> like, but like. My issue with Bray always is I find it hard to talk about without feeling like an asshole. I don't think he he obviously understands characters to it, but he doesn't seem to get like wrestling. Like it has to be wrestling in the end. You, I mean, it's great you can do this stuff for a while, but eventually he's gonna have to fucking wrestle someone. Yeah. Like, who's he? Bo Dallas. He's gonna play Uncle Howdy. They're gonna have a fucking. Re- <laughs> At some point, you're gonna have to grab a hold and have a wrestling mate. I mean, it's just I don't know. It's. I admire what he can do, but I think the stuff he can't do is like it's kind of it allows you to not do anything, you know? Yeah. Cut your legs off. I don't know. This kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier with Triple H's playbook. At some point he's gonna run out of returns. The pops so run out. That will be uh that'll be an interesting time. Yeah. You know, when the uh, NXT twenty fifteen has been emptied and Bald Embassy is back, you <laughs> This is a good own here. Look, it helps to have good two good wrestling match for Rick. Where they just put Jade Shafir too. But I'm like, I retract everything I said. I didn't know that was the case. That's unfortunate. Yeah, they did. Um, why? Who asked them to do that? The police? Well, because they're doing. I mean, they they did it because they're building to the Nyla match, which should be yeah. good. I actually think that match will be good. Oh yeah, we could. Yeah, <clears throat> we could have done something else. Poor Marina. Yeah, I'm gonna just keep pretending she's good. Me too. Nigel Eddie Kingston feud. Shout out to Manny. Sammy Guevara to MLW's mid-card. I love that it has to be his, their mid-card, not just MLW to their mid yeah. He had a good match last week, so I'm going to be polite. Nigel McGuinness turning the BCC 
into real villains out of spite towards the American dragon. Oh my god. Cooking. I love it. Um you mentioned Juice being a tag team earlier, Joe. It does not, it, it does not make sense now, but he and Buddy could be an awesome team. I'll be honest, man. You said it doesn't make sense now. I think it would make a lot of sense to fucking get Buddy in his own thing because I just don't think it, it doesn't suit him at all. I mean, I know you're popping for the fact that he was, yeah. you know, he had a very funny vignette on, on Twitter. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> why? So, basically, my understanding of the Buddy thing about burning my own sources. My own understanding of the Buddy thing was that Malachi got him hired as a favourite. Apparently that's not the case at all. Tony like likes Buddy. Fuck yeah. So but then like th- that, that would explain. So here's the thing, that would explain why we always used to predict Buddy would be the full guy, but Buddy very rarely was actually the full guy. Like he wouldn't get pinned in those matches. Yeah, they just won the matches. They just never wrestled, but they would win. Yeah. Like he didn't use Buddy the way we predicted. He just didn't book him in wrestling matches. And it's like, yeah. well, what? I don't know. His realm was really fucking weird is what I'm getting at here. Yeah. And uh, I would personally suggest getting him out of the act, but they seem to be all in on it. So I'm sure it'll be great TV and not all confusing. Um, serious question. With both companies renegotiating their TV deals, how nasty is the tribalism going to get next year? It can't get worse. Yeah. <laughs> it can't get worse. There's no way, bro. It can't. It can't get worse. It can't get worse, bro. I don't know. We are in a crazy time, man. When yeah, people's reaction to the Shinsuke announcement was like violently shitting themselves in fear, yeah. is we're fucked. We've lost. Yeah. It's over. Professional wrestling has turned into complete shit, as a friend of ours would say. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Fair for a lot of reasons we don't need to get into. But yeah, he's he was, you know, he was right about some things, things is all I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like seeing a great moot of Shinsuke Nakamura graphic for 2023 and not being like awesome, instead thinking well, hold on. What does this mean for the Noah WWE working relationship? So, yeah. bro. So, throw it in. It's finished. I think it's, it's so obviously not going to be like a thing. Yeah. But who? Here's the thing. It's like, if it is a thing, okay. Everyone does these tweets, these annoying tweets about, oh, like, don't trust them. They're like the devil. And it's like, bro, they're like, they're grown men in Noah. They're not like fucking kids. If they get owned by everybody, who gives a shit? It's their fault. You know, like, yeah. why, I ain't going to sit and sweat bullets about it. All I know is if fucking they send over like Gable work at all, I'll probably watch it. <laughs> like, by the way, here's speaking of things I'll watch Rod Strong Machine Gun next year. We're coming for you. Roddy Strong nearly had a fight with Carl Anderson's brother at the wedding once, Janet. Gallo's, wed- Gallo's second wedding. Uh-huh. Second of three, right? <laughs> I don't know. Second wedding is the iconic one where Wes Briscoe and Garrett Bischoff did, uh, did speeches and no one knew why. Apparently, like every wrestler to ever wrestle was there. Fucking rules. Um, the machine, Brian Cage in the Embassy versus House of Black pop. Spears in the House of Black. Remember when Spears came back? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even trying to be a dick about it, but that is the, the other day I was watching the uh, the angle when they were putting the boots to FTR, and the acclaim came out. And I was I was watching it the next day on my folks, and I was like. John Wardlow was with them, and I stopped myself and said, Sean Spears. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? What happened to that? Um, does AEW already have a deal done with Warner and awaiting to announce in December or January? It seems like, um, and Jason says the rumors of Alvarez mentioned about RH leading that conclusion. Everyone thinks they're on HBO Max, so the assumption is that there's a, it's just a matter of, you know, when this is all announced and what it looks like, because 
it doesn't seem like there's really much chance of them moving on it. I think they're all in on them. And look, anyone that had a clue knew that was probably going to be the case. They were going to have to be really unlucky with timing to be thrown off that network because they do good numbers and are on every single week consistent. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. so, and also as a product, it's like you mentioned all the guys they've lost this year. Their ratings have been pretty steady. So you're, you've got a safe bet, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's not saying that like if one of the guys leaves, you're fucked. Um, Craven got to just post that this year. Yes, I'll be there. I'll be doing commentary. American Wolves sign for our H next year, please, Pop. I mean, Oregon would hate it. Well, bro, Roddy and Danielson hooking them up any, in any way, shape, or form in 2023 would yeah. be crazy. Is Paul London problematic? Um, they could do him and Brian too, because that fucking promo that they had at PWG, I saw it for the first time. Oh, yeah, God. he's not problematic. He just thinks AEW fucking sucks. This was main. It's probably the main hurdle. But the American Dragons there. But he's doing the thing. Like, unfortunately, every wrestler gets past like thirty-eight, and like just decides that no one can sell. Fair. I mean, look, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pretend Paul London was like a spot monkey because he actually was like a great wrestler. Like, a, his work was amazing, good. But it is very funny that Paul London, <laughs> he's like these fucking kids and their spots. <laughs> it's just funny, man. Nigga, not because he's wrong and so I don't really care about that. It's just this funny fault. Like, um, Jericho, Nigel, Craven Cottage, God bless. All right, Dukes, let's take it home. We've done this for two hours. Mm-hmm. Wasn't this fun? This went very quickly. Very fun. Very, very fun. We had a look at the year and still got two more months. Um, it's going to be a great time. Dukes, give the people some plugs, some promotions. Where can they find you? So on uh, and so forth. At Dukes Grin. I think I'm going to change that because that kind of sucks. So, but yeah. Dukes LNG. Perhaps. Dukes. Uh, hmm. Dukes USA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joseph, what are your hopes for the LNG in 2023? I'd really fucking hope we make it for it. <laughs> I really do. I hope we get through it, mate. It's, it's really, it's really, really hard. And uh, I don't mean that as like a, what I mean by that is it's challenging. And I've learned a lot. I'm not doing a bit. I'm being sincere. I was like, learned... okay, good. That's, I'm sorry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell you to not laugh at my, my, <laughs> my I'm sorry. I've learned a lot. It's been a really up and down year. The last four months of it have been like, at times, fucking brutal, like unbelievably bad. Um, I don't know what we'll look like next year because we've changed a lot already this year, so I'm going to do like a big grand statement. What I will say is I think we're headed more and more towards things like this that are very loose and are very community-oriented, and, mm-hmm. and that will not be for everyone, but if it is for you, I think you're in luck and you're going to see more of this kind of thing. I think the grin may even become more of like, you know, watching stuff and the grin itself days. Um, I don't know. You know, I need to uh, I need to do this trip. I need to figure out where I stand, see where the cards fall. I want to help my friend Monty a lot, you know, in the coming years because I think we have a shot to do something special. Um, my goal, my goal, Dukes, you know, was to, was to was to change the game, you know, you know like, much like Cody Rhodes did that time. You know, and uh, I don't know how well I've managed that. It's very hard. But with WrestlePurious, I think we have a shot. So my goal 
for 2023, as we do this in October, is to help Monty and to add a few wrinkles to Red Superiors that I think are very different to what you get elsewhere. Now, th those of you that watch these shows know exactly what I'm talking about already, and there's certain things that I will take from sports coverage and from TV coverage that I think wrestling media completely fucking misses. I want us to focus on critical reviews. I want us to focus on um, scouting reports. I want us to focus on depth charts. This is all stuff for WrestlePurious.com. This is the place I want to, gonna, want to come on and talk about whatever the fuck I want. I want Dukes to message me and say, John wants to wear this, this guy and do it. I want Manny to do the same. I want Jay Shell. I want Jack, Shoot, Bobby, Oracle, whoever, Tope, Chris, whoever, part of our extended family, mm -hmm. to say, I want to talk about this. This is the place you can talk about it. Because it's called the late night grin. It's not necessarily raw reviews or dynamite coast-to-coast -coast coverage. It's whatever we want to talk about. It's an escape. I didn't ever have this, you know, like I, I, I never had the chance to just, this is a platform where people are actually willing to just let me do my thing. So that's what this is going to be. Um, I've definitely drove myself fucking crazy this year, trying to make it many different things at once. So basically what I would say for 2023 with the late night green and for the rest of this year, honestly, is just come along for the ride with us because you're probably going to have a good say on what it looks like. <laughs> you want stuff like we'll probably try and make it happen it's going to be a lot less formal continually so mm -hmm. just stick with us we're focusing on twitch mostly now so um if you enjoy this kind of thing you're in luck if not there'll be more sort of analytical stuff on wrestle periods so you know there's a place for both things right dukes you're part of the team what do you think what do you want to do on the green man more of this this is fun where it's just kind of like loose just talking yeah talking with the chat yeah it's hard like it's been harder. So when we do like the green and you're on there, it's like, it's hard, right? Cause there's like yeah. fucking eight people talking at once sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like it's difficult. So I want to get you more on like this. Cause then you can get more comfortable. Cause listen, man, it's, I, you know, I've done these shows now for nearly three years, but you got to realize I don't, I haven't done it for nearly three years. I've done about fucking 2000 shows. I mean, Jesus <laughs> wept. I was doing those, those Twitch shows. Like we were doing them almost daily for a while. Mm -hmm. So, um, on fight for I mean. So, yeah. yeah, more shows like this, I think you, you know, get more and more comfortable. And uh, you, you're you're a young lion, brother. You can't foul us. you got to fucking go over. You know? I'm just playing. Um, all right, folks, everyone follow Dukes at Dukes USA. Um, follow me at Joey Bing Bong. I'll be back tomorrow, hopefully for Raw. Maybe not. I might just be tired and not do it. There will definitely be a show on Tuesday. We're going to do the Green Grip. There's probably going to be at 7 Eastern. I'll be leaving that night, so I need to go a little bit earlier. Green Grappler, Antonio Inoki. It's going to be a hell of a time. Only four matches. You can catch up easily enough. They are a little bit longer. A couple of them are half an hour long. Uh, the Vader match is the one that everyone should watch, right? The Vader match from 96. Maybe you've seen that, Dukes. But Gate West, absolute hoot um, with older Inoki. So that's Tuesday. Then I'm gone. Thursday, the guys are going to do a special edition of the Late Night Green. I don't know what it looks like. I'm told it's going to be very creative and dynamic. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. Bobby might do a pay-per-view preview, as he said. I'm sure there'll be some coverage of the Crown Jewel show. Um, there'll be different things, man. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm bringing you most of the unplugged, so support the lads. But before I go, should be a show or two left here anyway. So we appreciate you guys. We hope you enjoyed this. Keep grinning, all hell, and enjoy this outro. <laughs>